The film which you are about to see is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths, in particular Sally Hardesty and her invalid brother Franklin. It is all the more tragic in that they were young. But had they lived very, very long lives, they could not have expected, nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day. For them, an idyllic summer afternoon drive became a nightmare. The events of that day were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's called pain. Get used to it. This is Film Sack. Oh, sure. Hello, one and all, and welcome back to our final Halloween episode of Film Sack for 2017. This is, yes, is, this is Film Sack, mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind, episode uh, 356. And I'm Scott Johnson, joined today by Brian. I really wish we hadn't picked him up on the side of the road, Dunaway. Come on, pick me up. I don't look weird at all. Oh, hi. (laughs) This week on Leather Sack, we cannibalize a horror classic. Five youths hop in their hipster van on a quest to uncover the answer to the mystery. Is Grandpa where we buried him? Things really escalate when the gang runs out of gas and must spend the night in an old dilapidated house next to door to a family of cannibals. But the action really picks up when Fred and Daphne stumble into some real horror when they follow the sounds of gas right into the neighbor's kill room. Is that gas I hear? After Fred and Daphne fail to return, Velma dispatches Velma dispatches as a search party of one. Uncharacteristically, Jerry or Velma doesn't lose his glasses, but does take a hatchet to the face while screaming like a girl, because she is one. Finally, Shaggy and Scooby are left all alone and must decide between their friends and food. But since Jerry or Velma took the damn keys, the duo's head over to you guessed it, the neighbor's house. On the way there, Scooby takes a chainsaw to the chest, ruining his appetite for barbecue for at least a week. And Shaggy fails to unmask the villain, but does manage to get away by running in and out of doors while being chased by vampires, mummies, and other baddies. It's hilariously horrific. The end. And in the words of the great Douglas Duddits, Scooby Dooby Doo, we got some work to do now. <laughs> chainsaw dance. Well done. Well done. I'm that, glad. I'm glad I'm not the only person who saw the similarities to uh, Scooby Doo. Yeah. It's the yeah, van. The van to. really sets the that van, in motion. It's, yeah. it's totally the does, van. Yeah. The five U's. It's yeah. the one guy with the. I mean, it's just it's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. The only Matt. thing missing is Scrappy Doo or some kind of unveiling at the end of. I would have done it too if it wasn't for you meddling kids. And I guess kind right. of the Leatherface was our opportunity. That was your opportunity, but they didn't take mm-hmm. it. They mm-hmm. missed it. Uh, I just, uh, I'll have you know, I did just rewrite my uh, Twitter post. <laughs> oh, good. 
<laughs> oh, good. Well, fantastic. And, and let's see if after Randy's, if I have to rewrite it a second time. All right, excellent. Right. Uh, From probably not. <laughs> moving down the aisle, uh, we also have with us Randy. I think maybe Jerry's hair was the scariest thing in the movie. Jordan. <laughs> Aloha, Scott, Brian, and Brian. Okay, guys, Randy. I've got a straight-up joke for you. All right. Who, who's fat and dumb and dangerous and wears a film of something unnatural on his face and scares people and inexplicably has a whole group of men who work for him and they're dumb and dangerous too? Uh, Michael Moore. You think I'm going to say Donald <laughs> Trump, don't you? Oh. Well, okay, you're right. Who knew? <laughs> well done. So so who is his leather face in this uh or is he Leatherface? No, uh, yeah, no, he's the guy. Wouldn't he be the dad? Or the yeah, or the, or grandpa. the grandpa? Maybe the grandpa. <laughs> oh, that guy, dude. That guy with the finger sucking just about killed me. Uh, anyway, moving on. Let's uh, end here with Brian. How annoying is your wheelchair, Brown brother? Brown bound brother. Ibit. Wow. Wow. Well, I got I got dark quick. Yeah. Welcome back to HGTV's Property Buyers. Before the break, we met Franklin and Sally, a young couple who were just looking for a place to get away from it all. The first place they looked at had a great floor layout and a terrific room that could double as a nursery or a den, but was the lack of a wheelchair ramp and the bleached bone interior design didn't win the heart of their friends? <laughs> their next house is one that Sally keeps coming back to. The homeowner has an aggressive offer on the table, but does Franklin have the guts to counter it? And nah. will Sally want to take out all the windows? And what did your brother do to the door? Find out on Property Buyers. <laughs> All right. You watch a lot of like TLC slash Bravo slash. That is totally I, your I thing. I don't. Okay. I just happen to be in the room while yeah, somebody else is watching a lot. It's always on. And did it, did anybody else think of uh, uh, Fixer Uppers during this movie? <laughs> yes. yeah. Flip or flop. Yeah, right. No, no. But Fixer Uppers specifically, it takes place in Waco. This movie takes place like oh. 50 miles south of Waco. Oh, is this the area? I didn't know that. I didn't know what it was supposed to be. So, so where property values have plummeted since 1974. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So I didn't, uh, I didn't realize this, but much of Resident Evil Seven, which came out this year, and I mm -hmm. played a bunch of and scared the crap out of me. So much of it is based on this. Like yeah. it has to be because yes, uh, there's the whole dinner table and Grandpa at the end. Actually, it's Grandma, and you're not sure she's alive, but she is. It turns out because her head moves. And uh, they're all sitting around looking at each other, being weird and freaking out and eating stuff that looks terrible and feed, trying to force feed it to your character. And I didn't realize that that was all lifted from this movie. And I'd seen this movie ages ago. Like, I don't know how, 80s somewhere I'd right. seen it. It's been the last time. But I don't remember any of the last 20 minutes of this movie. I must have blocked it out because I'm here to tell you guys and the rest of the world, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1974, still mm -hmm. scary as shit. I think this movie is scary. It yeah. left me unsettled. I couldn't sleep last night. It is the most scary movie I've seen on FilmSack, like straight up period across the board. I can't think of anything wow. even close to it. Well, yeah, Did and we... we haven't we haven't gone for the the real modern jump scare movies. We just for whatever reason they're they're not streaming or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And and so like we've ended up watching a bunch of uh, scary movies that aren't actually that scary. Like I, I didn't realize it till watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like we watch a lot of, of scary movies that they're kind of dumb, you know, mm -hmm. like, like they don't, they don't, they don't go all in on scaring you right. so much and, as, as, as sort of like showing you something weird or not spending money scaring you or whatever. And this jump like, scares, 
jump scares are a very different thing than what you get scare wise in this film. I mean, you know, first, first, uh, really big scare thing that happens is, uh, uh, young Mike Brady walks into a house and is like kind of peep, peeking around. And then it's not even really a jump scare. A guy comes out and like bashes him in the head with a sledgehammer. And, and it's not really like a, Oh, he's turned around. And as soon as he closes that, he even... that, uh, bathroom, uh, mirror door, you yeah, know, yeah. there's a guy there, right? Yeah. Or, or you know, closes the refrigerator. Oh, and there's a guy there. Or turns like, around. Yeah. In that in that whole sequence leading up to that, the movie mm-hmm. really, really gets under your skin with the ambient sounds and sound mapping. Yeah, and I realized the, the dissonance between just the music is just like, what is what is this? Is yeah, this, I, I realized we're watching a fully remastered version of this movie, and I wonder if it would have been as good if you're watching it in a crappy old theater in 1974. Sure. But I think man, even more so. Yeah. The whole thing where they're out in they're out in the in the brush, a scrub brush, and they hear that generator, mm-hmm. and they and the the sound of the generator keeps changing on you as the shots change. Yeah. Wow, that was just absolutely terrifying, and yeah. I don't know why. No. There's nothing terrifying about a generator. It's there's yeah? there's something very isolating about it. There's something very uh, you know what it is. Part part of it is the lack of any real soundtrack. It's all like ambient noise and weird sounds and uh, discordant stuff. But it's not music per se. Right. Um. And there's no there's scenes where the where real violence takes place, and it's not even that bloody. It's mostly. Mm-hmm. In fact, the most bloody moment in the entire thing is when he cuts his own leg with a chainsaw. For real, like yeah. the rest of it's mm-hmm. just implied. <laughs> can, mm-hmm. can, we get, can we get right to the director of this film tried to make a PG? Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Like, he cut didn't things. try too hard. <laughs> yeah, I like what do you do? You know how ratings work, Mister Director? Well, like, I think cut... if he thought it was all about just the blood and gore, then good job. But it's not. It's about mm-hmm. the psychological freakout that's happening in my head the whole time. Mm-hmm. And right. and when you see, there's a scene early in the movie, the very first time we see Leatherface, he comes out and he grabs the girl, or, or she she sneaks in there. He sees her, and you see him for the first mm-hmm. time. You're like, ugh. And then he comes running out, grabs her. She's trying to escape, pulls her back into the house. And then he shuts the big silver door, sliding door really loud. Mm -hmm. It's it's very I had to and I'm not okay. I don't like to admit this, but I had to get up and turn a light on. It really got me. Yeah, that that. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, there's a there's a bunch of things like that that are just inspired. And I would like to know where it comes from, like. Maybe the director, the writer director, just spent time at a slaughterhouse or something. Yeah. I, I spent time at a slaughterhouse as a kid, and there were a bunch of things here where I'm just like, "Wow, I never thought of it that way." I like the, you know, like the 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 hanging hooks, right? So, mm-hmm. of course, I I imagined Scott when he hangs a girl on a hook, uh, and you don't see it. You don't see the hook go into her. No, for it's just you it's know from, it's just a pipe behind her. Yeah, it's the like, worst it's though that they don't show it. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's so bad because yes. your imagination's like, <laughs> like right. all you can do is like you know twinge your back like oh my god oh yeah. get her off of that thing yeah. yeah right really bad oh see it's, I don't know I don't know what special sauce he's using but and he was never quite able to reproduce this. The director we're talking about is Toby Hooper. Uh, is or, it is it Toby or is it Toby or is I think it's it Toby? Is it Toby <laughs> yeah, no, Hooper? Like, Hooper? I, I, thought it, I always I always heard Toby. I did Toby too. Toby Hooper. No, just, yeah. I just want to say Toby. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. 
but he right. never quite you pulled this say off whatever again, you want. including <laughs> the second movie. The second movie, by most accounts, and I've never seen the second one, but the second one is you know not as good as the first. And then he kind of had hands off. we're talking about the movie called Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. Yeah, the one that was the made. The one that's in... got the Breakfast Club poster. <laughs> yes, that's right. the one. The one that came out in 87 or 86 or whatever. 86, yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the sequel. And, he, and he's the you know director and writer there but it just never quite matched up and all the other movies he did it just never quite got there the only thing close or the only one that you'll all remember go oh yeah culturally significant is is uh the uh, uh no poltergeist. poltergeist poltergeist there you go mm-hmm. right. so so yeah. he he apparently uh got steven spielberg yes steven spielberg to help him write poltergeist and it really shows uh, and you can, if you think about Poltergeist a bit while watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you see some of the, some of the early thinkings around what scares you. Uh, you know, again, lots of quiet soundscapes and and so on. But man, this movie, it just, I, you know, I lived there. They they film they're filming in an area of of Round Rock, Texas, called well now called La Frontera, and I lived there. I owned a house there, and. My drive to work every day was through these uh, farmlands that looked just like this. Now, I'm talking about 10 years ago. I'm talking about a city, a huge metropolitan area where they're still preserving some of the scrub brush and and ranch land that, you know, you see in this movie. And it's just unnerving seeing it like this, seeing it 45 years ago. And and I, I, I never thought of it as that scary. When I lived there, but this this movie somehow takes everything you see and makes it scary. Yeah, yeah, I is agree. It because I, this is shot in a almost a documentary type fashion, so it makes it mm-hmm. a little more questionable. And and they even set it up as based on true events. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. It's supposed so, to be the Ed, I mean, Ed Gein, Gein guy or Gein. What's his name? Yeah, uh, Ed, Ed Gein yeah. guy. However you say, Whatever you say his name. It's supposed to be based it. on his Gein. whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And if you look at pictures, they've got some old crime pictures of his his actual basement and his floor space, crawl space stuff and all that where all this weirdness happened. And it is very reminiscent of that kitchen, of that mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. slaughterhouse kitchen. Like like all that stuff is very, very similar to that. So they were, they were obviously kind of going for that. But I agree. Like in the in the beginning of this thing, especially my impression was the acting so bad that it's actually almost real. Like right. really yeah, odd. There's. There's a, a couple things that that really help this movie achieve now what it uh, what it tried to achieve back in 1974. Number one, the fact that really you know there's no recognizable actors or actresses right. in this thing that that you know from anything else. So right. other than you, Seidel, you, right? He kind of did some stuff. Oh wait, Max von Seidel. Max Seidel. No, no, Jim Seidel. Jim. Not not Max. Oh. Wait. Oh, I don't know. Uh, how would we know Jim Sidow? He's the dad. He did some. Uh, he did, yeah. I don't want to say he did some he's TV a, stuff. Oh, really? He's, okay. a, he's a really peculiar-looking person. When I when I saw his IMDb photo, I was like, I feel like I've seen him in something else. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I, okay. I don't know what it is. Yeah, he's done some things, but it's not like a you know, it's not household. Everybody else was pretty right. small. The potato, most popular right? person sure. in the entire movie probably is John Larroquette from it's the narration. Yeah, yeah, I love that. The, the reading right. in the intro, I'm like, that voice sounds so familiar. Who yeah. is that? I almost did but that you know, intro with like uh, with night court music behind it, but I decided not to. <laughs> you know, someone other- just. Someone just, you know, like an agent paid him 500 bucks to well, it it says didn't even the, get that, apparently. Yeah. 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 It says in the, the trivia, uh, you got a pot joint. You got a marijuana joint. Yeah. 
Do you think Seriously? that's true, Ibit? That seems untrue. Doesn't it feel but like doesn't before, more true, before or after the reading? What yeah. do you think? Well, there's other trivia. Yeah, right. There's other <laughs> trivia that suggests that the rest of the actors only got like 400 bucks for each of their oh, roles. So, so. It's actually okay, better so, than that because, yeah. from my understanding, they got a portion of their profits. And for a movie that uh, become a cult classic, this right, movie's so, made a lot of money, right? Mm. So just, I mean, a quick rundown, right? So uh, it's hard to know the precise budget for this movie, but almost all of it was promised money later for everybody. Mm. Everybody involved was working. Uh, long days and hours. Uh, all the money on hand, uh, the director says he spent on renting camera equipment. Yeah. And so they, uh, you know, so everybody kind of worked for free and was hoping for profits. And then the movie uh, did fairly well, but it took it years to get really profitable. It wasn't that like uh, much of a cult classic immediately, and it got banned everywhere yeah all around the world people mm -hmm. lost their minds they refused to show the film they refused to let there nope. be copies of the film so there could be private screenings they literally banned the word chainsaw from being in the title of <laughs> other movies wow. i'm not making this up wow. and and so it took it a while to find <laughs> some profits and then when it did it started getting shown over every october in movie theaters all around the world and it made a tremendous amount of money for the 70s sure and and for whatever reason the they had structured uh contracts with the the studio that just kept the director and actors from getting any of those profits and they had to go to court huh. and they they went to court and got a few thousand dollars each they all there's all kinds of great documentaries on this movie over the years it's had a long history and there's a lot of story to tell behind it also uh, i just discovered yeah. Looking through the cast list, Ed Ginn was the cattle truck driver. Weird. Oh, oh. yeah, but oh, not uh, not not the Ed Ginn. Not the. <laughs> oh, not a, a him. Guy oh, named, okay. A guy named Ed Ginn. Yeah. Oh, because this was Spelled forty-five a years ago. Yeah. This was forty-five years ago, and that guy was already at least thirty or thirty-five years old. Yeah. So. Yeah, right. this, uh, a lot of these uh, actors are dead. Did you notice that yeah, a lot of them all, have passed away? A, a lot of them, but many are still like the 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 two women, and I want to say the guy that played. Ah, may have been Jerry. I don't remember. Or maybe it was the <laughs> hitchhiker son. Anyway, one of those guys still tour around, go to Comic Cons, do Q and A's. I was looking a bunch of this stuff up. Um the the easily though, the person with the most IMDB credit, if you don't count John Larroquette, is the is the hitchhiker dude. He's right, he's right. still working now. Like he's showing up in episodes of stuff on TV and, and doing video game voiceover work too, yeah, right? Yeah, that guy's busy. Yeah. He's Edwin got stuff Neal. to do. And and he was I would have I mean, watching the movie, I would have said, All right, which of these people will not go on to anything else. <laughs> and that was the guy. I was convinced that, that Franklin Paul A. Partain would be a megastar after watching this. I was like, oh, my God. He's <laughs> so freaking their, weird. Yeah, he's really weird. Speaking of their of their age and so forth, uh, let we. I'm putting a moratorium on calling them youths or anything like that. Oh, come uh, on. They were, they were, they were in, they in their 20s. Their, they were all in their late 20s. And uh, some <laughs> no, of them... early 20s. Late. A, a in late 20s. Late. A couple of them were like, Old enough that if the, if you found out they had children of their own, you'd believe it. Like they're they're not youths <laughs> at all. Yeah. Nobody at all. was nobody was well, maybe it, with the exception of one of them, uh, Jerry. None of them were th even thirty yet. They were all tw between twenty two and twenty eight. So I right, but, still consider that youth. Sure. Uh, but, but one of the things that somehow this movie uh, doesn't give you the feeling that you have uh, adults versus adults. Uh, it right. doesn't give you the feeling that the old people in the movie who are the mm -hmm. bad guys are really, really old, <laughs> right? right? Like they, right, right. they all right. actually seem capable. 
and the youth, so to speak, also seem they seem a, a lot younger than they actually are. Sure. And that's again, it's one of those things like, how did this movie do this? Uh, you know, nowadays you would absolutely have gotten teenage actors, and this movie didn't do that for. Would for you? Good reason. Mm. When you get when you get like young twenty somethings for teenage actors nowadays, well, isn't that? You did. And people did for the the remake, right? The Texas right, Chainsaw right. Massacre, Jessica Biel and Eric Balfour, and yeah. you know a few other people whose names I don't recognize. But yeah, I mean they they did cast the same kind of twenty year olds, not not thirty, but also not teenagers. Right. You know, yeah. Uh, for, so know. is there a, is there a equivalent of whitewashing for uh, teenagers? <laughs> no, I just think that is anything there? made in the seventies up through about mid nineties, you count on them having twenty somethings playing teens. That's just the way it I was. Don't, but Right up until when? Up until when? I, I think like, in the eighties, we had a bunch of young. But folks. Uh, my point, my point was, this movie doesn't waste any time saying, "Hey, we're on spring break from high school." At all, it doesn't. I don't, it do, doesn't. Do they right, say right. spring break what from you, high school, or they say escaping from uh, the Vietnam draft? Is that <laughs> because that seems more? It does sure. seem a little bit more appropriate for uh, for uh, uh, Jerry. Jerry, yes, it's it's just, exactly. It's yeah. just, I don't want to lose less, my afro. Yeah. The, the less the movie says about the characters <laughs> to you and defines them, the easier it is for you, the audience, to sort of morph your own story onto them. And yeah. and so there'll be one in the van that you kind of identify with a lot more easily because they're not very well identified. And I just, again, I think that's genius, you know? Yeah. It, it yeah. just Okay. I think this Jerry. Movie, I, I think this movie is 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 real brilliant, and and the amount of foreshadowing because I haven't watched this analytically. I've watched it many times for just funs, right? But analytically, it's the first time I've watched it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the foreshadowing. Yeah. That doesn't it cast. doesn't it feel like it's all unconscious? Like the guy just got not lucky, but it, yeah. Like you once in a while you strike gold as a director or something. We were talking about Tom and I were talking about this with Casablanca and the director of that thing and how that he never really quite got there again you know, plenty of other movies that are memorable but nothing ever to those heights and you have to ask well why what is it There's, like is it the time is it something they're going through personally are they manifesting some of their their deeper darker passions on screen that they they can't replicate later uh you know other other did he spend did he spend all of his good ideas on this movie because it sounds like he was influenced by a lot of things that were going around yeah in the world well, at that point in time and it's like <clears throat> he had something important to say and he said it. Yeah. What also, also the late 60s and 70s were prime time for serial killers. That's when it was all going on in the, in the mass right. amounts that it was happening. Right. Ted Bundy and Ed Gain and freaking Ned Kemper and uh, uh, John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, Gacy. And, all these people, uh, including, and, you know, what's Zodiac a sw killer? Yeah, the sw yeah, swastika face. Well, who's swastika <laughs> face? <laughs> who's who's uh, Manson? Manson, Charles oh, Manson. This so whole thing. This in, oh, Whole family of Manson. Yeah. Doesn't this attract our attention as a society a lot? Because during that time, we had a lot of killers yeah. who were a reflection of the hard times of the of 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 the the day, but we we couldn't classify and understand why they were murdering. And we're kind of going through that again. It's like, you know, as terrorist actions happen in our world, we're kind of like, okay, it's motivated by you know this, this, or this. Whereas when you have somebody who just goes out and kills and for no reason, and you go, what just happened? And we almost need to build our narrative around it. And you, you see a lot of stories pop mm -hmm. up. And I think, so I think this is maybe an answer to some of those. It's like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Maybe what? this is one. The, wor the world is, was about is... to transition from being very isolationable. Like you could, it's not a word, but you could be isolated <laughs> as a person for, for most of the 40s, 50s, 60s and not really have anybody come around and bug you. 
and we're about to enter an age of satellite and technology and that would eventually get to where we are now it's much harder i believe to be a serial killer in 2017 than it ever would have been <laughs> in 2015 we, right yeah it's can, a, it's can really someone give us on all that. yeah anyone give us like a general outline of the movie because there's actually is a story here there's not much well oh, these people get yeah. there they go hey what the hell our dad's got a farm we can go check out because he owns it and uh, then we the get motivation then we right. all die the Good motivation job, is wow. <laughs> what a plot. The motivation well, and, and there's is the, there's the side plot too of you know hitchhiker as a, presumably the son or or friend of the family. Right. Uh, oh no, he is a son because look what your brother did the door and yeah. and uh, he's hanging out at uh, graveyards digging people up and um, arranging their bodies in delightful yeah. artistic presentations. Yeah, and um, the he's the, you know, he's the spark. He is the spark that ignites what happens so everything no, is I don't, drawn. I don't necessarily think so i think that um you take the hitchhiker out of it they still would have stopped at that gas no, station absolutely they, not because they would have never they would have never came to that town because they were there on a trip to check on grandpa's grave because the grave robbing by the hitchhiker he was the one who brought attention to the family oh, oh, and that's what drew right. everything in i gotcha right 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 they, right, they wouldn't have had to go check on the grave. Okay. Yeah, that's I for, so he's, I'm he's with, the spark. I forgot about that. He was the spark for that whole thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I thought he was going to be just... <clears throat> I'd seen the recent, the 2003 remake that you mentioned earlier with, uh, what's her name in it? Jessica mm-hmm. Biel. Jessica Biel. And, and I actually kind of like it. I know a lot of people don't because they don't think I've it holds up. It. And I don't think we, it compares to the original either. I'm like, I'm not here to say that the 03 is, is such a great reimagining. But it's got its moments... Uh, they go a bit gorier with it. It's a little more on the nose, but I think it's okay, and I think Jessica well, Biel's good, and that's. And tell I mean. me this, like in this uh, but earlier, I said there were two things that this movie had going for, and I forgot to get to my second one, which is the fact that in in uh, in a world that we're in now, where yeah. we've seen so many horror movies, and we know the formula, you know, they split up, the serial killer kind of takes them out slowly, one by one, isolates them all, et cetera, et cetera, and and you know, Leatherface does kill everybody one by one or, or try to anyway. Right, right. But, um, but it's not, it's not drawn out. Like, you know, you'd get a movie like that. You'd get, um, the mystery set up and then a murder and then, a, you know, a few minutes later and then another murder. And then, you know, like slowly building all the way up until the last few minutes of the film. No, with this one, it's like, Bam, 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 bam. All right, now uh, Sally's all alone and running back and forth yes. through, through the, the keys, brush. Sally, they took the keys. And they let, they, they, they decided <laughs> to make the last 20 minutes of this movie. So, oh, my gosh. It is just relentlessly torturous. Like, it's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. almost it's like, it's like, the, yeah. it's like they knew how to do what Eli Roth and others are trying to do now. Mm-hmm. This movie did really well. So, the, the term torture porn came around the time of Hostel and so, the Saw movies and all of that. And the idea that horror movies are becoming this thing where it's like, oh, no, if you don't do the thing or sacrifice your friend, then the clamps are going to come down and chop your head off. And that became right. horror movies for almost a decade, which is right. really lame. I never enjoyed those as much. Torture as, porn. Yeah, yeah torture porn. Yeah. And in this case, this is, in my opinion, this was true torture. Like, this was yeah. like, strap her down. She can't breathe. She's got some old freaking rag that who knows what that was used for, dude. <laughs> it's like, gross. And they ugh. put it in her mouth. I'm, I'm actually going on record to say that is the grossest thing in the movie for Scott is right. the, the the rag that was used for who knows what yep. uh, shoved in her mouth for yep. such a long time. And, yep. Yep. and don't yep. you yep. think 
it's effective. The movie's really, really effective because of what precedes those last 20 minutes. It's a short film, yeah. for starters. Yeah, yeah. It's less than an minutes. hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. about an hour and 20 But, but don't you think the, the whole thing, like, so it starts building into your into your subconscious with this constant, like, drone of radio news mm-hmm. yeah. and this kind of thing, and it's just creepy. Like, there's something about the, you know, about the non-torture, non-horror parts of the film that still are creepy and uh, you know at times a little scary and jumpy mm-hmm. uh, and and don't don't you think that's what really makes the last 20 minutes like if you you know what i'm saying if yeah, i had yeah. just if i just cut you to the last 20 you'd be like okay so this is you know, scary movie no i it's completely like, agree it's it's it is a great build up and they do it they do it right and they're not afraid to just sacrifice people like a good horror movie some of my favorites is, it sounds horrible and dark but my favorite horror movies are the ones where nobody makes it I, there's something about mm-hmm. that Mm-hmm. Where you're just brave enough to say, "Yeah, we're gonna roll credits, and you're all dead." Like there's there's something about that, and so this movie's like that, with one exception at the end. But man, she comes close. I mean, she's yeah. full on Carrie by the end of this thing. She's so covered in blood. <laughs> she's yeah. so caked with blood. That, that, that poor guy, that poor truck driver. He's like, "Oh crap." <laughs> yeah. He's trying to help someone. Well, it's funny because it's like, uh, why on earth does he? He he let, gets out. He sees her being chased by the guy with the yeah, chainsaw. Yeah. Yeah. He goes back. He runs back in the truck. He's the most up. realistic representation because that's exactly what I would do. Oh, exactly. a lady in need. Let me get out. Oh shit, a guy with a chainsaw. See ya. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> but then he does help her in, and then instead of just firing up the truck and driving off, they get out the other side and yeah. start running. Yeah. Like, no, yeah, what were they thinking? Just pull car, away. Yeah, pull yeah. away. It's fine if he's writing. He's writing notes with his his. Uh, chainsaw on the door he was i was curious about what the the director was trying to say with the markings too i i, I was trying to associate yeah. it how they do it with the slaughter in the slaughterhouse oh. when they if they mark cows and stuff because they marked the van uh, uh, in the beginning that's with a good, good point it's a good and, point uh, that may have been what that was about the whole time they kind of ruin it and say all right yeah mark yeah. this one for death which is market which is pretty cool i don't know i, I let me say this though do we have Jason or Freddy or any of the slashers of the 80s without this? I mean, we're talking 73, 74 here. Right. What other slasher movies were there up till now? Nothing. Okay. Nothing. Right. Because Mike Myers hadn't uh, come out yet um, or uh, uh, Halloween. Right. Um, no, I mean, our horror films were were back then the stuff that was based, quote unquote, based on true events. We had Amityville right. Horror. We had um, not slasher films, but haunted scary houses and right. and horror um, hadn't had a face for a while because we had done stuff like creatures and animals for a, for sure. a long time it the last time we'd had uh, yeah. horrors with a face was universal monsters when we had the wolfman and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. dracula right, and that kind of right. stuff so, so i just don't know it, if the movie gets enough credit for that because it, it's it like it invented a genre maybe it doesn't i've just well, not noticed well but. and i'm sure i'm sure people watching it at the time they had their own Things that they'd already seen, like Psycho or mm-hmm. Bride of Frankenstein or Nosferatu, right? These it wasn't like the, there there wasn't a genre, right? So this they, is a reinventing because they went because they were implying that they were like vampires. They mentioned it several times that they were they were kind of like vampires, and so yeah. Well, Grandpa th- sucked the bloody fingers. Yeah, I think oh they were kind gosh, of. Oh my gosh, dude. Ugh. <laughs> That was so close to my grossest thing. Also, Grandpa uh, is 20, but the actor who plays Grandpa, this is fun trivia, uh, the actor who plays Grandpa is 20 years younger than the guy who's supposed to be his son. 
So the dude right. in the makeup is just like two decades younger than the guy yeah. who's supposed to be. And, the it, son. It's, and it's not hard to believe that because that makeup is so yeah. rubbery and and unbelievable. It almost feels like the most the the, the only really unbelievable thing in the film is is grandpa's makeup yeah he just right. like he'd been in the water too long like he's been in the tub <laughs> right, you exactly, know yeah. it's just fine but it didn't quite hold up to the rest of the movie and that's the other thing because they decided i mean it's almost like a happy accident that he decided not to go too gory because had he gone gory and in your face it would have been a bunch of practical effects and it would have been 1974 and in 2017 this would have looked schlocky and dumb what ends up happening because they don't rely on that is my imagination fills in the rest. And this movie, I never once went, oh, that's a stupid effect, or that's a mm-hmm. dumb-looking mm-hmm. thing. Even when he cut his leg and it was like, looked like chicken meat flying out of there or whatever with his thing. <laughs> yeah. Even that looked <laughs> real According to, to the trivia, I, would, I think it was, actually. Yeah. It looks it, like chicken it, meat flying out. I want to have, like, KFC with Scott one day to <laughs> see how he eats chicken. Double down. Right. There's yeah, a, no, there's barely- a- According to the uh, the the trivia, it's a metal plate on his leg, and then some chicken, and then his his pants. And um, so the chainsaw cuts the pants and starts flying the chicken out. But apparently, the the metal on the uh, the metal blade of the chainsaw on his metal plate on his leg heats up really quickly. And so apparently, the screams were real of him going, "Ah, ah hot, hot, <laughs> hot, hot!" <laughs> we didn't consider this. Ow! <laughs> Won't someone horrible decision? Yeah, but it but that be that that kind of decision making leads it to be more timeless. It does. It feels like yeah. a movie set in the seventies, without feeling like seventies happen. You know, like it, like it was right. made in the seventies. It's weird. It's and hard to I, explain. I think one of the things that works for it is even though um, this movie, okay, even in seventy three when this film was being filmed, it was it already looked dated so if you make a film that's already dated based on you know backwoods and that kind of stuff those characters really didn't exist except you know in really you know really far off places where you could meet people that are kind of crazy like that and you kind of could believe it so i think that maybe helps to the timelessness of it maybe totally yeah you know what else is timeless and i don't care what decade you live in no matter what decade you are you're going to want to offload that brother in the wheelchair any minute just freaking (laughs) open the open the back of the van ramp him out you're done move on well you you know what that when you had to go pee in the bushes (laughs) right is that randy the film, the film handles the uh, the character in the wheelchair much better than I expected. Beautifully, I, Beautifully. I had expectations as soon as I realized he was crippled, and I had like I was I was set in those expectations when he accidentally slides down a hill. Yeah. I was like, all right, I know what this movie's gonna do. <laughs> yeah. and I was nope. laughing my butt off and trying not to. Well, I actually, I actually was concerned that the movie kills him right out of the gate, <laughs> but right. but I'm saying like, no, the movie actually tries really hard to make him as capable as yes. the other characters, mm-hmm. yes. almost to the point where I'm like, well, I mean, you couldn't get like I was starting to I was starting to doubt some of the characterization of the guy because right. it just didn't it didn't seem like other movies. I was worried he was going to be one of the killers at some point because he the way he was kind of going down an insanity path for a while there. Like mm. spitting into the, into the sky while his sister's having fun or whatever. Yeah, it's he funny so because yeah, because it's funny because I'd wondered about that. Were they? I, that's something that I have a little theory on. Mm. When he starts doing that, we had already explored some of the other classic, uh, you know, horror genres as vampires and that sort. And so he had mentioned vampires, and he got cut. Uh, he actually got cut by the by by the hitchhiker at some point 
And that's how we, you know, we we transfer the disease usually in like vampires and zombie movies is through oh, right. that, that those right. cuts. And so I was curious because uh, the raspberries that the hitchhiker was blowing as they were pulling off in the van after they, <laughs> right. after they left him, it's the same type of raspberries that he was blowing <laughs> later yep. uh, up at everybody in the room. So I was like, has he become uh, like, is it like wow. some kind of implied That's infection of some sort? That's what I thought. I was and, uh, totally going down that road, and then it didn't turn out that right. way at all. I wonder if they way. were doing that and then changed gears midway. Little, little misdirection. Think, yeah, I think huh, some of it brilliant. was just. I think some of it was just improv, and we're overthinking it. Mm. Um, Probably, but that's our job. It's you know. our job. <laughs> but, yeah. but it's a. It's an interesting point. Yeah. The uh, the whole backwoods family trope. I mean, it's uh-huh. you know like Deliverance, that great X Files episode. Home. Oh, that's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that is that a trope? I mean, it's a yeah, great I trope. It a trope. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great trope. It's a great trope. The X Files episode is one of the most memorable things I ever saw. Pete, the Peacock yeah. family, right? Wasn't yeah. that what they? Think right. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they makes me. This movie makes me want to watch that one again. Honestly. Yeah. Me too. Me too. <laughs> it, it. I mean, the whole time I'm reminded of of all the things that came after it, where a psycho family. Another another one is that Rob Zombie movie. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Randy, help me with this. What's the name of it? House of a Thousand. Yeah. Nope. The other one. Like the other one where uh, they're they're like renegades. Yeah. Uh, were they renegades oh, of funk? Oh, dang it! <laughs> What's that it called? Sometimes. It's called something. The Rob uh, and, Zombie Hour. No. And no? I vaguely, I vaguely recall you and I saw it. Yeah, and it's like yeah, dirty. It's like we dirty, talked about it. Dirty rotten scoundrels, or it's that That's kind it. of thing. It's not that it's obviously, but it's like that. It's like a bad people reference are, are, is anybody googling uh, it right now i am <laughs> right now i totally okay, am oh i had my eyes closed and i, I was kind of leaning into my hands i'm um, scrolling through uh so you think you can dance canada no nope. yeah that's oh my God. zombie so you can dance Whoa. thanks rob zombie wait rob zombie was in do you think you can dance canada no he was a musician because uh they they used <laughs> more, one of his songs more I guess. human than to human probably maybe? more human than human yeah, yeah. here we go great, um, the problem is i'm looking song. at the wrong thing yeah uh Grindhouse, Devil's Rejects. Devil's Rejects. That's, That's it. it. <laughs> it's yep. not quite dirty, rotten scoundrels, but you get the idea. They're <laughs> they are rejected by the devil. Um, yeah, no, that movie is is way one of these. It's a big dysfunctional psycho killer family. Mm, and the murderous backwoods firefly firefly family take to the road yeah. to escape and, a vengeful police force. And they may the have been that, they may have been the House of the Thousand Corpses. Thing. It may have been like a sequel ish thing to that or something. I don't I don't know how that works with Rob Zombie. His movies are the, incomprehensible, but <laughs> the oh, thing that makes that Priscilla so, Barnes in it from Three's Company. Well, there you go then. Nice, good deal. The thing that makes that so that that idea so scary is a lots of times I think we all know that family who owns an entire area of the town, and if you fall into that spider web and get in that area, no matter who you run to, you're unsure if they're related are you running into help or are you running into horror yeah. and so yeah. i think that's one thing that really and that was that, yeah. that was definitely depicted in this movie but i also felt like it was the weakest part of the movie mm. the the idea that they're in a place where there's really only two buildings and one of them is the house of horrors <laughs> and the other one is the barbecue restaurant of house of horrors like i you know what i'm saying well like, where actually, was the gas station the gas station actually, was owned by the same yeah. people too it, right? it wasn't a gas yeah. station i well, there, there was, was no, no gas, gas. there was no gas, <laughs> right. there's there's no no gas, gas there it was a I, gasless station they, it they was used, a windshield washing factory yeah they hung a they hung a barbecue sign on some shack and called it a gas station without gas pumps but i you know like i that doesn't bother me that didn't right. bother me at all what bothered me was that 
when she ran to it, I immediately knew, oh, they're going to be in cahoots with Leatherface. Like, well, that, there was no doubt in my that, mind. That reminds me. I had actually me. forgotten that, honestly. <laughs> that reminds wait, wait, me, though. <laughs> There's your chick in the bucket is the other brother that was cleaning windshields. Where the hell did he go? What happened to that yeah. guy? He, he, yeah. he, right, right. No, so I, I'm unsure because that was a good question. And also, uh, so <laughs> I was curious what Franklin did with that barbecue that he was eating and what the heck it was because it like a it was franklin barbecue a, it was it like a mix between it was wiener. a cigar or some kind of yeah. sausage it, it was, was a just, wiener yeah it was probably Literally. a penis it was the last that it was the last 20 year olds to show up at the house i've i've been to the 7-eleven in the circle k and they have those little meat rollers but nothing looks like that <laughs> yeah nothing no it was like apparently like uh, one of those sausages where the the intestine that they use for the outside skin is so thick you can't eat, you can't chew, bite through it. So you basically you're pushing the meat out of it, back out of the casing. Pops when you do, that's just so disgusting. That's the worst when it pops. So, uh, and again, I, I hate to keep calling this movie genius because it's really quite simplistic. But like that, so the whole movie is centered around the idea of. Uh, of cannibalism, right? Yeah. And, but it but it gets you there really slowly. It doesn't ever really even raise cannibalism directly. It starts with they're in an area where there was grave robbing, and then now they're driving through an area where there's a feedlot. And so it gets you thinking about meat, right? And yeah. then they they go to a barbecue restaurant. Well, those people are cooking meat, and you know what I'm saying? Meat. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it, takes, it takes this long time for you to finally start, like she, she's run away from Leatherface. She's in the barbecue mm-hmm. joint. She looks over at the at the uh, you know the fireplace, and there's all these sausages hanging in there smoking. And you're like, oh, is that people? Yeah. Like someone, you know, someone should right. really tell Arby's that this movie's got the meats. <laughs> this movie but really you know does saying? have the meats. Yeah, yeah. The, the movie could have just explained all of that. It could have had like a character in the van telling spooky stories, and it, and you know what I'm saying, and it doesn't. Yeah. It lets you figure that all out yeah. at whatever yeah. your pace is. Yeah, yeah totally. I uh, I'll say. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, Edwin Wills, uh, Edwin Neal's character, the hitchhiker, yeah. is probably the. I never really noticed his character in previous viewings. I'm just kind of like, oh, what a what a weirdo, and I didn't realize what an integral part he was to the story until I got analytical about it, and I was like, man, I mean. He wasn't just robbing graves. He was creating art. He's like the artist of this family. He's into <laughs> photography. Yeah. He's into making this, you know, this art furniture and all this stuff. I don't know if he's the stuff. only artist in the family. I mean, Leatherface does quite a great interpretive dance well, at the very end. Oh, of my God. <laughs> true, true. But he's more... He's more kind of like, like you said, interpretive dance and a little bit of, you know, he's a, he's, he's a quite the, the cook. Yeah. You know, he's, right. he's really, you know... Yeah. I, so I always get the impression that he's supposed to be kind of baby-like, like he's sort yeah. of uh, infantile, and then a sloth or uh, sure, yeah. right? But then he's, when master, he's supposed the master to represent, blaster, uh, yeah, blaster he's supposed house. to represent something between the child, but also the housewife of the time, and he represents several different roles yeah. in this very dysfunctional family. Sure, but and I, I, I want to feel. I want to throw something back to what Randy said because it's because after because what we're doing here is we're. We're we're looking at how effective all this stuff is. Like it really works, and it's it's kind of fantastic. Part of this, there's a lesson here. Part of this is that it's a simplistic story. Like part of this, what makes it work is that you can take a very simple story. Kids get lost. Cannibal family go right. Like it's pretty <laughs> pretty simple. 
pretty simple ingredients, but how they cook it is where I'm impressed. And 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 maybe more movies would be better if they started with a simple recipe and then just had some wacky cooking. And maybe horror movies best horror movies horror movies do this great because it's all about boiling down simple fears and just some are bad at it though. Going, like, oh, at, yeah. so bad. Like some movies are like I don't know. We just what did we just the second Pinhead movie. You're just going too far. All you really need is pinhead looking menacing and vagina lady, and let's do it. Like it's right. we're ready to roll. And you instead, only can disturb they gotta, people. You only can disturb people so far until it becomes unrelatable, and people no longer fear it. They just go, well, "What am I watching?" Yeah, or they try to yeah. explain it too much, or give it too much origin, or or whatever. Like that's there's your mistake. Like speaking the, of origin, yeah. have you guys seen the trailer for Leatherface 2017? <laughs> no. It had trouble getting to the it's had trouble getting to the theaters uh but you can you can actually get it i think on amazon prime for 6.99 and voodoo in different places um uh, but it's kind of an origin story of leatherface when he was uh when he was a I'm, kid i'm it's, actually glad i haven't seen any leatherface movies in the last few years cuz <laughs> i was able to sort of reset watching this one yeah right and and i never once thought oh well he gets way more supernatural later like I just I just had this plain experience watching this movie. Yeah. And I and I know damn well there have been seventeen Leatherface movies and he you know, he becomes more like, you know, Jason Voorhees than Leatherface. For, I'm for sure. sure. Did you know I, that he I became have a first, second, and third leather uh chainsaw favorites yeah. by the way? Very nice. Okay. Well, hold on, I okay. want to hear this, but before you do, do you know those other movies have the likes of Matthew McConaughey in them and right. Vigo Mortensen. Yeah. Zellweger and McConaughey. Worst. It's so bad. It's when we were going through the 90s next generation thing. <laughs> yeah. It's right. really it bad. Was bad. Real bad. Yeah. Terrible. But by the way, Brian, uh, that movie, Leatherface 2017, is yes. showing here at a movie That's theater great. not far away from me today. I just looked it up. Oh, wow. It. Oh, because it looks. Look at the trailer because there is an. I don't want to give away the. You just have to watch the trailer because that opening scene where Leatherface is a kid and he is sporting his first mask is absolutely disturbing. Really? Image. All right. Disturbing. Didn't didn't the Phantom Menace teach us not to make your bad guys kids? Uh, yeah, you'd think so, right? Yeah, but the, what you need, the trick, Brandy, isn't that they're kids. It's just don't let them talk. If you don't let them talk, it's fine. If all they right, do is put on some leather, yeah, whatever. if they put on somebody's dead face, that's fine. But if they're if they start going, oh yeah, I'm gonna race in the pod racer, then you're like, oh shit, you shouldn't let them talk. <laughs> don't let that kid talk. That's great so, advice, Scott. Thank yeah, you. you betcha. My my top three Texas Chainsaw Massacres uh, uh, is going to be this way. It's going to be the first one, which we saw. Yeah, I think that one is the purest uh, and most hardcore of all of them, and is just is almost impossible to make another one that good. Yeah. However, they did turn it on his ear in my second favorite, which is uh, 2013. People don't talk about this one a lot, but it's the 2013 Texas Chainsaw 3D. And I thought, okay. oh, this is going to be a bunch of gimmicks about 3D. And it had a few gimmicks, but not a whole lot. They flipped it on his ear so that uh, we start pulling for Leatherface. So Leatherface yeah, I, is actually oh, really? a sympathetic character. Yeah, I just I just realized I saw that movie. Uh, uh, <laughs> Alexandra Daddario, right? Yeah. Right, oh, right. Yeah. You've and seen it? I've not awful. seen it. it I have no horrible. idea. I absolutely, it wasn't. It wasn't scary. Disagree. It wasn't funny. Oh, of course it was not. Just no, it wasn't. None of the above. It wasn't. It, and it wasn't. And that's what I said about flipping on his ear. It wasn't. 
it wasn't all those other things. It's, it's almost the opposite, but it's such a fun, it's a fun watch. Is it? Get to 2006, because that's the that's, that's the one that I think is so good. That's my that's my number three, the okay. 2006 Jessica Biel. I feel like they got I thought that was 03. Not what, the beginning? What the beginning? Th- or, um, Why did I think which that was one o- with Jessica Biel? But so, I thought it was 03. But that's just the that's 03, 03. That's 03. That's just the 03 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah. yeah. But there was 06. 06 had, was the, the beginning with Jordana right. Brewster. And oh. and most importantly, R. Lee Ermey. Yes, that R. Lee Ermey <laughs> as in, in the, the sheriff. Beginning? Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. He's yeah. the sheriff. And that, that, it, yeah, no, no, no. Really, wait, you got it backwards. The beginning... Does not have him. He is yes. in the Jessica Biel one. No, Arlie yeah. Ermey is in the 2006 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The beginning. Are you sure? With, with Jordana Brewster. I'm absolutely <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. He's I'm Uncle Charlie sure. Hewitt and Sheriff Hoyt. Pretty sure he's in both. Hoyt. Really? Is Hoyt. My he might be I, uh, because I think there was a continuation, a discussion about that in the beginning because I think it took it started off. Oh, you're right. You're a right. raid. Yeah. A yeah. raid. I have not of, seen oh, the really? 06 one. I saw the 03 one, and he is definitely in the 03 one. That right. I know. So, yeah, there it is. Texas Angel, I made Sheriff Holt again. So I guess he played which, the same dude twice then, yeah? Which which brings me back to the 1974 movie that we watched last night. The uh, Early on in the film, the kids arrive at a graveyard where they're coming to check on uh, Grandpa's grave or whatever. Yeah. And they get, uh, the, uh, the lead uh, woman gets out of the van, and some just random local grabs her by the arm to escort her yes. into the <laughs> graveyard. And I'm it was the, your woman. <laughs> it was the creepiest because she's, you know, she's severely underdressed. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it was the creepiest, like, what is happening? Are we already going to, you know, like, right. it really, it really drew me in that, that sequence just because it was so outrageous to me, mm-hmm. you know? And I had to stop and think, okay, this was 45 years ago. This was 45 years ago. This, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. There's not a lot of uh, there's no uh, sex in this movie. There's no swearing no. in it, like none. Like there's no like mm-hmm. no f bombs, no s bombs, nothing. It's just straight up like, oh no! What, what? And then the blood is all after the f- fact, and none of it's shown on screen. Right. Like it's a it's a weird thing to say all of what I just said, and then still say this is one of the scariest things I've mm-hmm. ever seen, let alone on film sack. Like yeah. scary as shit. How do you do that? That says something. I don't know what it says, but somebody out there make a movie. Don't think you have to go gross for gross sake. I know gore has its fans and they're out there, but man, imagination stuff is raw and it can really get you in the bum. So anyway, that's that's my take. <laughs> Ooh, that imagination got me in the bum. Yeah, that's chainsaw <laughs> hitting your bum. Without the chain on it, a lot of the time, by the way, that chainsaw, this film... This film is very well restored, mm. and I was I was a little shocked at how good it looks. The fidelity of the video oh, yeah. is fantastic, yeah. but down, I kind of regret that I could tell there wasn't a chain on the chainsaw yeah. many of the times. And you can tell once you see the chainsaw with a chain on it, it looks completely different. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and that was uh, that was too bad. I understand. Like the the movie's famous for all of the actors getting hurt at various times, right? Yeah, and. And they really get put through their paces. Like they have to do all their own yeah. stunts. There's a lot of things like a hammer falling out of a hand right next to your head. And <laughs> right. That kind of thing. I was wondering about that because like it's not like they can fake that. 
that you hear that hammer hit the inside of that metal uh, tub, yep. and that is a freaking heavy hammer, and it's like going right by Sally's head. Yeah, his grandpa can't, well, doesn't have can, a grip. Can you think? <laughs> I know that was so painful. I mean, watching <laughs> watching him miss, and then them actually glancing a blow one time, and just that was just right. oh, doing it over and vicious. over and over and vicious. There's another. There, the other thing that really gets me is when. Oh, the scene in the truck when she's she she finds him at the gas station. He goes out to get her a blanket. She thinks she notices that right. there's a torso cooking in the oh, thing. Oh, right. And yeah. then he comes in and it's all revealed who he is. And he beats her with a with a uh, what was broom. It? broom. Yeah, a broom. Broom yeah. fight. Yes. Broom fight. And then he takes her to the car, <laughs> puts her in the car, and then the whole drive over there, it's it's intermittent between him looking around driving. No music. And right. uh, there may be something playing on the radio. I don't remember, but you know it's discordant, and weird. And he's, yeah, and he's no, driving and just kind of looking forward. And then every once in a while, he go, yeah, <laughs> and he just like turn around and just punch her and poke her and and poke her with a damn broom handle. And he kept yes. doing it, and it was relentless. And there was something about that that really got me in the in a place, man. I was just like, well, oh my gosh, this is the weirdest in, thing. In in any horror movie made after this one, there would have been either sexual assault or implied sexual assault. Yeah. And for whatever reason, this movie doesn't do that, which ends up implying it in your brain anyway. Makes it and worse. That, yeah. And yeah, it's way worse. Yeah, I totally agree. It's, be it's because Let's all they're looking for is this movie is about meat. I mean, this whole yeah. movie is meat, <laughs> meat, and some more meat. Did I mention some meat? Meat. That's right. It's the... It's beef. It's what's for dinner. Yeah. It's the, the, meat. the beef council. Uh, it's, it's the sponsor. Yeah. All the other white meats are on display. Right, here. exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's something else, man. I mean, I it's hard for me to believe that. I, I uh, here's the truth. I went into this thinking I'm going to come out on the other side, going, "Well, that didn't hold up, and uh -huh, wasn't that funny?" And like, I really thought it was going to be one of those for us, and it's it's just straight up not. Like, I, I. Nick loves horror movies. We like Halloween movies before Halloween. Yeah. We'll we'll get some schlocky old thing once in a while just to have a good laugh at it. I don't think I want to watch this again, but no. not because this movie is not fun. No, this is not a fun yeah. movie. No, yeah. it's so disturbing. Yeah. It's just like and you, a lot I, of you claustrophobic never... close up shots of people. Yeah, it's and you never know actually... motivations. I don't know what this family's up to. I just know it's terrible and it's so relentless toward the back end of it. And, and and so nonstop, just like what it, it it really instills this sense of of existential dread, like movies don't do very well that often. And mm -hmm. the movie totally nailed it. Like I never get this out of a Freddie or Jason movie ever. Like those are usually no. just like, ha ha, that guy, he's the jock and he's dead already. Sweet, all right. It's, it's, that's what I love about those kind of movies. And people are like, oh, aren't you know why are you watching scary movies? I'm like, these movies aren't scary. No. These movies are about strange people who. <laughs> It's just goofy. It's too weird stuff. Yeah. I, I want to ask all three of you about how the actors' accents worked on you. Because for me, they all sounded like my parents and grandparents. Like, precisely. Mm. They, were, they weren't asked to perform in any particular accent. They just talked how people mm -hmm. from Come South on, and Frank, Texas talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just talked. Yeah. Like, like they, they were very clearly uh, you know, from Central Texas before the accents all start getting muddled in the eighties and nineties. And so they, they sound exactly like my parents, seriously, like my parents sound like that. My, I went to see my grandparents every summer and they were surrounded by neighbors who all sound exactly like this movie. Yeah. And so I was curious if, if you guys like, did you get the sense that for instance, the characters were kind of dumb 
because of the accents or anything like that? No, just that they were of the of the region. I felt like the brother Franklin maybe pushed it a little too far. It didn't sound very mm -hmm. authentic to me. Um, yeah. But look at this. There's blood on my knife. You think that's his blood? Yeah. I bet that's his blood. My daddy owns that property. And like it was just a little too much. But everybody else bit, I, yeah. I bought, they just sounded he, like he hammed kids. it up for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. By the way, Toby mm -hmm. Hooper, I didn't realize this. I was just noticing this. Not Tobe. to change Tobe, sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he just died last year, or this year, I'm yeah, sorry, August. Away. Yeah, he just passed away, yeah. yeah just, oh, wow. Just barely. Yeah. So a couple months ago is all. Wow. All right, I didn't know that. Anyway, we got to put, uh, speaking of which, uh, Gunnar Nelson also was in Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, uh, one we need to put on the film slack film Oh, slack, my gosh. Uh, I used to, yeah, that and Frankenhooker, if we can find it. Oh, my gosh. Is there such a, this is a thing called Frank? Oh, I used there? to. That was like I, you know, we've talked about in the past. I used to work at Blockbuster and one of my favorite cover boxes was Frankenhooker because it had like this built in uh, red LED light that would flash. And it was such a, oh, such really? a horrible cover. Yeah, it was horrible cover, but it was so much fun. You just want every time you walk by, I go, oh, yeah. Frankenhooker. <laughs> oh, my God. The cover of this thing is really horrible. Was it right? the subway light? Was that the thing? that? Lit yeah, up? yeah. The subway light. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so great. man. if you could find if you could find that on eBay, that cover box, you probably could. Oh, no kidding. Oh, yeah. yeah look at this thing. Keep replacing the battery. I have never yeah. even heard of this. Frank. Oh, I have seen this in like a, in a blockbuster or something. Yeah. Yeah. There, and probably that. because of that stupid blinking light. Yep. And there's Wake up. Special uncut edition. It says. If you only see one movie this year, it should be Frankenhooker, says Bill Murray at the time. <laughs> Louise Lasser. It's a tough uh, year. Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman is is in this. Is she the Frankenhooker? Yeah. Is she the lady? No, she's, I don't know. She's, uh, she's just listed as, uh, as Jeffrey's something. The doctor, two things about the doctor in the photo or in the poster. He looks like Michael Knight. And his, uh, <laughs> his, his, stethos his stethoscope is over his wiener. So those are two things. I yeah, noticed. that happens. Yeah. Well, you know, what are you going to do when you're a doctor? Ooh, you just got to make it work. It's <laughs> I, I kind of regret. It's sad to me that there isn't a place I can go look at all the movies in boxes on shelves. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. That was half the fun. But you can create, look at the world we have in now. Let's just create a VR walkthrough of an old blockbuster oh, that's going to happen isn't yeah. it it's going to be that we're going to have like a version of itunes or something soon mm -hmm. where we can where we can kind of browse visually that's yeah. that's a like i mean admittedly you can browse itunes visually right now but like where you can really get a sense for uh, all the movies yeah. and they've tried of, that before like the 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 flipping where they used to have kind of like where you like you used to flip through records in the in the store so that was kind of like a little flip in the itunes for a while we could flip the albums kind of quickly sure so yeah they'll, they'll get there yeah mm -hmm. i i i like that nostalgia i, I like it yeah, as a for, motif yeah i'm waiting for uh, netflix to add the rewind feature so no, as soon as you're done watching uh, you a movie wait. you have to you wait have to for the movie to rewind that's <laughs> the next movie that'd be great I like. I actually get the opposite blockbuster sense from netflix i i open oh, up yeah. netflix and i'm like it feels like it's showing me a few movies and there's thousands that I just can't see. Absolutely. And it's, it's mm. kind of unnerving to me. Like mm. I, I don't necessarily <laughs> want to be presented. Are you, talk, with are you talking about that area with the, uh, the little swinging uh, saloon doors in the mm. back of the blockbuster that like led to the, uh, the ours, secret area? Our, ours had <laughs> beads. They were hanging beads, bead hanging curtains. Beads. Yeah. yeah. Mm, bead <laughs> curtains. It wasn't blockbuster, but we also had. You a know what? The word, gun. the phrase "bead curtain" sounds dirty, doesn't it? Bead curtain. It oh, totally yeah. does. Yeah. Where have those beads been? Yeah. So. <laughs> but but you know what I'm saying? Like Netflix Netflix does a disservice by not 
dividing us up into uh, how we want to access it. Like right. maybe it, the current UX works for a lot of people, mm -hmm. but for me, I, I would really like to see more of my options. Well, here's the thing. Um, I think it's harder on on both mobile and device, like TV dev connected devices. When you go into it, which is how I do it for all the film sack movies anyway, I have to watch it on a browser because I'm capturing stuff and all that. And uh, in there, there's buttons for subgenre. So if I go to the horror section and then go to subgenre, they have it broken down by slashers, cult classics, B movie, you know, like all these different mm -hmm. subgenres. Right. So you can really drill down. But I agree that the the more consumer facing version of the product doesn't really let you do it as easily. I mean, maybe it's still yeah. possible, and you know, you can voice your way through there with Siri or with uh, uh, Amazon's deal or something, and, and get to things that way. But but I agree. There's there's some you know at least in a blockbuster you could walk down to some weird aisle and go oh my gosh why is gene simmons in this and right right i never go down this aisle this is so cool wow yeah, yeah. there's a discoverability I mean, to it that's pretty neat maybe that's what these third party sites like just watch it or for or something yeah mm -hmm. when when you went to blockbuster you never visited the genre aisles you went straight for the new release wall and you went all yes. the way around the store and then when you realized you had watched everything, that's when you looked around and said, oh, what's over here in the horror section? Yeah. So, I don't know. And we, I remember having this discussion on Extra Life Radio like a decade ago. We had a an effect at Blockbuster where mm -hmm. you, were, uh, you, you were drawn to the new almost to your own detriment. And <laughs> Netflix made it worse because Netflix could only have so many copies of a movie. Yeah. Well, and so Netflix they, or Blockbuster? Netflix went out of their way to prevent you from knowing mm. that they had a bunch of copies of the newest movie. You would uh, you would go to their mm. website to get a disc, <laughs> right, and it would right. be like, I know this movie is out. Why do I have to search it by name? <laughs> yes, and, so and, totally true. Yes, and, yeah. and 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 we I remember this discussion because because Scott was like, Why don't they just let me? immediately choose i know i'm gonna have to queue up i know it's gonna be days and days before i get the film but why don't they let me go ahead and do the thing and netflix has kind of gotten better about that right yeah but they're still not preying on that sensation still, yeah. does anyone still do the disc service at all? I, I, mean, I do uh for one month or well, i did anyway for one month before nertacular <laughs> because interesting <laughs> because i needed dvds to record the clips that i'd use for the videos right. for the things that i couldn't get streaming or that i couldn't find mm -hmm. in other ways so i would basically sign up for one free month of of the dvd access I've... i'd get basically i mean i would be i would get to the point where i could the the movie would arrive in my mailbox right i'd rip the part i need i'd get it back <laughs> in the envelope and get it back into a mailbox <laughs> For, for the that, for the same pickup. Well, who's the other? That is is Red, blowing my mind. Is Redbox the only other DVD rental thing now? I don't think there's anybody it else now, doing it. Yeah, because there used to be. What was their competitor? Was it? Um, it was a blue. I think it may have just been Walmart's had it or something. Um, Blockbuster had a had a had a kiosk for a while when oh, they were trying to. Did. Yeah, they did. That, they, yeah, they were trying to compete with everybody at once because they had Blockbuster was a the dying dinosaur and then B was like too late trying to be Netflix and trying to be Redbox at the same time and it just it just well for a while Redbox had streaming they were trying to compete on the streaming side too yeah that lasted like. A couple of months is all. Two or months. Yeah. I just want to yeah. point out we're 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 having a very United States centric discussion, 
Yeah. Like I promise you in other countries, there are still mom and pop video rental shops. There, there aren't red boxes there's, yet. There's in still a, lot a blockbuster. Of there's still an actual official blockbuster in Alaska. Yeah. Oh, sure, for sure. Yeah. Like, there's, there's yeah. a couple of those that aren't the franchise, but it, but yeah, I mean, may, we may be doing that. I mean, people write in from other places in the world, but I don't know that, that experience. They may be, they may have blockbusters every five feet for all I know in like <laughs> Sweden or something, but how how could they? I think they've got better internet everywhere else. I think everybody is so into the digital thing that I don't know how they're. I don't. I I'll bet you it's actually the opposite. I'll bet that that mom and pop video rental is as rare. Uh, oh, it still exists, and blockbusters still exist, just not as a corporation. They're still franchised. Well, yeah, but my point is, I don't think there's any. There's no pocket of the world where it's like, oh, the DVD rental market here is thriving and growing. It's not thriving mm. or growing anywhere. You, have you been to Cuba? You don't know. Well, neither do you. <laughs> so yeah, I sure don't. What movies do they have in the Cuban uh, blockbuster? By the way, let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> What's the big number yeah. one hit? What do they got? Because uh, they can't so let Scarface. Yeah, there you go. Scarface, like <laughs> it's like fifty copies of Scarface. <laughs> <laughs> it's an entire store made like of Scarface. Entire wall of Scarface. I love that idea. That's all. What, so, do you, what do you have here? Only Scarface. I don't know whether German or Russian, but whatever. <laughs> That's so, amazing. Like, I, I, I just I mentioned other countries because things things are just different. You just cross a border into Canada, and Redbox was in Canada, but now they're not. Mm. Uh, like they earlier this year, they just basically closed up in Canada for various reasons. Sure, and. You know, like there's lots of there's lots of hamlets across this huge country that are very isolated. They still have these mom and pop video shops. And it's you know, it's not like weird. It's just I don't I don't know. I can't imagine going and renting John Wick on DVD. It just I don't know. It's it's, it is weird. There's a there's there's a place called DVD link dot CA where you. For nine uh-huh. bucks a month, you get and Amazon is also pushing really hard in Canada. Yeah, which yeah, is nice. I assume they would be, but there's like this, there's this service. If you do silver, gold, or platinum, it's basically Netflix for Canada. It's not Netflix the brand, but and maybe Netflix also does this up there. But apparently, Canada's got they're all about the online rentals still, according they're to this page. But for two bucks, <laughs> for two bucks, I can be here in my house. I can open up the app. I can see that Atomic Blonde is available at the at the red box a block away i can go get it and and watch it and you know for four bucks or 4.99 i can do all of that without leaving the house and watch it on apple and um i don't know i mean there's it's it's not so close price-wise enough for me to pull away from doing that i'll still look on red box um, and I... say oh yeah here's yeah. something all right let's, let's get that we really you know if it's, it's, it's only a situation where Oh shoot! We never got to see that when it was in theaters. Let's just get it on Redbox tonight. Kind of Let me tell you, when I visit Redbox, what? when I go to the store and I forget all about Redbox, and I walk by and go, "Oh wait," <laughs> bloop, bloop, bloop. that's right. my do. That's when I do Redbox, and you know, I do it I quite a smart, bit. Yeah. If I was smart, I would use Redbox for my video game rentals because that's about yes. as much time as I put into Brilliant. some video games. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, true. And they got a point system where if you rent so many games, you get free ones. They're always giving out coupons. It's mm. super cheap and. Some red boxes uh, sell their used games, like they had the NFL 2017 for like four bucks. Yeah, if you uh, found it. It was yeah. 2016 though, or no, it was last year's no, game. No, it was 20. It was 2017. It was still last year's game though. It's just like last. The, it's the season. Well, because 2018 is the one season. Out now. Yeah, it's the current season. Well, yeah. but the current game is 2018 though. Is my point. So I'm, I'm not saying that's bad. That's a really good deal. But you, you know, plan on paying those prices for last year's edition of 
of Madden, but th there can be deals get down from, there. Get it from GameStop and see how much you pay. You can also do, you know, there's a lot of games you can beat in three days. There's a lot of games you can play enough of and get your fill of in three days. So I, I completely agree with that. There's there's value to that. And obviously here in the States anyway, that's continued to be a thing. But I just think the ultimate end game is murky for the red boxes of the world. I just don't see mm -hmm. how it ends up being a thing forever. There'll always be room for some boutique mom and pop shop that sells vintage whatever. Just, you know, vinyls proved that, but it's not the mass market it used to be. So I don't know. I don't know. It's fascinating to me to see how that stuff changes. I, and, and moves. I, and by, by the way, this whole discussion among the four of us starts earlier this week when we're talking about let's watch a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie for yeah. Halloween and we're trying to decide where to get it. Um, mm -hmm. Amazon and Netflix, they have these massive li – not libraries. They have these massive distribution schemes. They can get the movie streamed to you like nothing you know no one else uh, out there and that is where all the power is like don't be surprised if in the very near future netflix figures out how to charge you an extra two dollars for premium new release movies mm -hmm. and and then they just sew it all up like it's all it's over right because right right, right now the, that's the only thing they're missing right. is the the you still have to go somewhere and Redbox is still kind of the thing for the brand new on DVD film. Well, how 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 really is that different from just paying the two ninety nine to rent the brand new release that's out on DVD, not yet in free Prime streaming, but available right. on Amazon streaming? That's not that far. Right. Yeah. You know Amazon's I mean? already got it figured out. Netflix yeah. is going to get there soon. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I, I mean, if I need anything, like I had to do Casablanca with Tom. I went, I could go to iTunes, I could go to Amazon, like I can rent it anywhere, but I don't know if I could rent that at a Redbox. Probably not. No, no. They, so, they, yeah. they have very select new releases and they have Watch It Agains. That that box is only so big. Yeah, so, and that's yeah. my whole point yeah. is you've got that physical restriction. You don't have that in these other ways. So even if right. something's not streaming on, on the free primes, you know, free is a weird word, but if on your subscriptions, Sure. then you can always find it this other way. I, and as far as I know, it's like, you know, Voodoo, iTunes, Amazon, who else is there? That might be here's it. Gonna be a, here's going to be a bad analogy, but it's like going to the grocery store and getting ice cream and going, well, I have ice cream at home. I'm only ever going to eat ice cream at home. But then you go out and you're like, look, there's some freaking ice cream. Yeah, That's a great <laughs> analogy. Yeah, that's pretty good. Going out, to, going out to eat activates all the weird things that people believe and do as far as spending habits go sure yeah. it is so weird how often i have purchased ice cream at a restaurant and they were charging me a hundred dollars a gallon right. and i'm fine <laughs> i'm happy to yeah. pay well that. okay hold on this is where the analogy breaks down because what's going on there is your it's the flip when it comes to entertainment if you could be home and have the sensation of the exact same experience of having the hundred dollar ice cream at home and delivered right into your stomach without having to think about it or have a physical thing to worry about or prepare it, you'd do it. You know what I mean? Like, but, but going, you know what I'm saying? Like, when I get home, the act of scooping ice cream into a bowl is the <laughs> most minimal thing. And, but when I'm in the restaurant, that seems unbelievably difficult. No way I'm going to wait until I get home and scoop I ice cream. I can't leave the bowl. ice cream out on the counter for 15 minutes for <laughs> <to> soften <laughs> to up let it soften up. Yeah. <laughs> 
all that Jeez, stuff. I can get to the Cold Stone in five. <laughs> but you're right, Scott. Movies movies are the opposite. You don't like when you're at the movie theater and you finished seeing your movie. You don't look around and go, "Ooh, I think I'm going to have another movie." No, no, no. You get out. Yeah, you get out <laughs> of there. You get out <laughs> of there, away. and you and you as much as you like the fact that you saw it on a giant screen with huge sound and all this other stuff. That stuff's great and everything. At the end of the day, there's nothing else there for you except overpriced popcorn. It's like, what are you doing here? There's not even good arcades anymore. It's all garbage arcades in these theaters. Uh, so get out yeah. of there. Go do something better. I mean, I, I we've had this discussion before about theaters. We don't have to get into it again, but all this stuff feeds into that for me. At some point, everyone will gravitate toward the convenient, and the convenient is I got Casablanca on Amazon for two ninety nine, and I could get it in high def if I wanted, but I didn't because I wanted to save a little money, so I spent a buck less. I think we I think we crave different experiences over time. And I think they go because sometimes I get tired of watching movies at home. I just get tired of it. So mm-hmm. I'm, I go out to the theater. Eh, you know, and sometimes I like eating at home and sometimes I like eating out. Yeah, no, yeah. you like the choice. The choice is good. And you'll right. always have the choice that I'm that I'm convinced of. But the choice will become more narrow and specialized over time. It just won't be. And I think that's actually a good thing. I don't I don't I want to go to a movie theater that specializes in me having the best possible experience not one that's just like every other and has 20 theaters yeah, on a that's giant the, block. That's the difference. They're going to have to, their theaters to survive and they will survive is to become, uh, is to be smarter and it's going to have to be, go back to being about the experience and less about mass showings of movies. And that's just, you know, yeah, it'll get there. It'll get there. It's already getting there. It'll live. It's already happening. It's just, uh, it's going to be painful for those AMCs of the world that are like, well, shit, we just want to have a giant thing that everyone does forever. We want to be blockbuster right. in the scenario. No, no, mm-hmm. you got to figure out where people, what people want, and where they're going to go, and you know, and that's hard for a big established company who doesn't want to change. And that's who that's who the, the blockbuster theaters, was. The theaters have been on their heels since uh, the huge bankruptcies that happened during the early two thousands, mm-hmm. and they have never recovered, and they're just holding on. So I mean, eh, it, but they they haven't went anywhere, and it's been. Well, they have. 15, They've consolidated. Now it's like three yeah. major companies. Like that's it's becoming. It used to be Brian Ibbett could go buy a movie theater and run it himself and make right. a good profit and have a wonderful business. Those don't exist anymore. They're all megaplexes. Mm-hmm. You can't the mm-hmm. financial, the financial needs of that market have changed to the point that there is no such thing as a specialty theater. But now what you're seeing instead is a shift back well, to a theater that does that, but isn't just showing movies. They're Alamo Draft House, and they're very specialized. Right. They bring beer to where you're sitting. Like, it's a different experience than it used to be. Can I can I compare this also to malls? I mean, sure, sure malls yeah. were yeah. huge during the '80s, but you know, and then and a lot of malls have closed, but a lot of malls exist. Yeah, and they still, haven't died. Sure, some my my favorite malls have died, but there's still them. They're out there. We go to them here and there. I like yeah. a mall. I like a good mall. I'm a fan of a mall. It is really shocking, though, uh, how the good malls have survived which is by diversifying the experience to a point yeah, that it's it's almost like an amusement park mm-hmm. like yeah there's there's still old malls with just stores but like the closest mall to me is the irvine spectrum and it's got a ferris wheel and a carousel and it's got a 3d adventure <laughs> room and and so on like you got to have all this so many restaurants nice restaurants more, and a comedy be more than club just a bunch of stores and an orange julius yeah 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 that yeah. stuff's gone now I mean, you know, if they had a couple of leather faces chase me around to the mall, maybe they could get my business. Are you are you trying to bring this back? <laughs> no, of course not. 
Are you trying to risk How do we get to malls? How did we do that? I like that. I like that. I mean, in a way, we've we've. Um, what else is there to say about that movie except <laughs> except yeah. except well done, guys? In 1974, you yeah. made a thing that would be influential forever, and and you probably didn't even know it. You probably didn't know you were making something fantastic, and 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 you did, and it's scary as shit. And I don't want to see it again for that reason. I think that's a high compliment. Yeah. You know, like I don't want to not see this again because it's not good. It's actually good. I just can't bear to put myself through it again. We have an right. ongoing discussion with a lot of uh, film sack listeners about uh, watching the movie that we cover every week. Yeah. And this is actually one where I'm like, I understand you shouldn't watch this movie. Like if, uh, uh, you know, like you could watch it in an academic way. You could watch it to, to find out what it's like. If you like horror movies, you're going to be fine. Yeah. But if you don't like the worst of the being scared and the horrible thoughts and so on, if you if you get nightmares easily, don't watch this oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Veronica Belmont, if you're yeah. listening, and we know you're not, but if you were listening to this right now, do not watch this. She hates scary movies of any kind. This would just put her in a hospital, and I'm not, I don't yeah. want that for her. So, I would call this more of a disturbance movie than a horror movie. It's just disturbing. It's very disturbing. Mm -hmm. It's very disturbing. Mm -hmm. And distressing. <laughs> I am disturbed. And distressing. It is. Uh, yeah. No, it is. And I. And you know, everyone. There's all sorts of discussion going on these days about what triggered means and all that other stuff. But if you're if you're sensitive to this stuff, and I'm telling you right now, don't watch it with your with your little ones at all. Somebody on oh, on uh, Twitter yesterday went, "Hey, uh, my eight year old, wa or I watched this when I was eight, and it scarred me forever." I'm like, "Well, yeah." Oh, jeez. Imagine yeah. that. <laughs> Can you imagine this movie at eight? Oh my gosh, my brain would have exploded. I couldn't have handled it. So you know. I was what three or four years old when this thing came out. I wasn't even aware of it till I was a teenager, mm -hmm. and then I had mm -hmm. friends with me, and we had a laugh. If I was on my own yes. in a dark room, f that dude. Yeah, for the longest time, the running joke in our in our little group of friends after we saw this teenage, you know, high school watched it for some Halloween party or something like that, and the the one line we'd always repeat to each other was, "Look what your brother did to the door." <laughs> 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 that, that carried through, and that was honestly the only thing, great that was the only thing that that carried through for me for this film. But I didn't remember it until just as the dad is showing up at the at the house and he sees the door. I'm like, and I said it, and Tina's like, "How did you know he was going to say that?" I said, "Well, I saw this when I was a kid. It's literally the only line from this movie that I remember." I think that's amazing. Uh, there's also uh, something I wanted to mention that that this just tonally sticks with me, and that is that she was there all night long. And you yeah, didn't really right. think about it until unconscious. Yeah. yeah. So she ran in there in the in the dark of night, or got captured, and all that stuff happened. Then she's in there unconscious. Now she's being force fed wieners, whatever's going on in there. And then <laughs> she goes flying out that window, and it's and it's more. It's got that morning uh, dawn light going on, right. which is creepy anyway. <laughs> And then it made me laugh the second time she went out the window. I'm like, they have doors. Yeah. Matter of fact, one of them is already halfway chopped open. Yeah. Just fly through there. You'll be good. But, <laughs> but, uh, she's out there running, excuse me. And then Leatherface gets out on the street to chase her. And that whole thing happens. He gets left there to do his interpretive dance. Ibit was talking about, but the sun's sunrise, it may have been a set depending on when they were filming this and they just used it as sunrise, but the sunrise that's happening behind him is he's out there sort of in silhouette swinging that, live yeah. blade around mm -hmm. is yeah. weird man it's and mm -hmm. i had headphones on so i'm getting the stereo 70s era stereophonic thing going and it's yeah. super harsh between the ears so it's like on your left ear and then it'd roar in your right ear and it was really weird like oh yeah. this movie's crazy 
seriously. It, uh, <laughs> for whatever reason, it reminded me a lot of the, um, the Tuscan Raider in Star exactly. Wars right after he, right after he attacks <laughs> Luke. He goes, exactly. Oh, oh. Felt exactly like that. Uh, felt that's the same actually, that's I actually felt like that was the letdown. Like I, anything would have been, maybe the final shot of her in the back of the truck would have been better. Really? Or I like the ending. I, or, or maybe Leatherface just standing there, like, you know, being defeated, but not being so silly, you know? Yeah. Like, but I that just, was the, I. That was the actor's, the, the, the director's yeah. intent was to say, like you said, because I've, I've seen a couple of YouTube videos on documentaries and stuff. And yes, the director's intent was to do that. The actor, however, uh, wasn't having it. He was, they, they had isolated the actors from one another. Uh, they didn't let Leatherface, the actor, uh, bathe so he's wearing the same stinky shirt he'd been wearing for days and he was just so done yeah. so done and, yeah. and yeah. he did that and they kept it and it feels like a movie I'm glad where he did. This, stuff like that could have actually pushed the actors over the edge to actually become serial killers right <laughs> yeah a little bit in fact they play like it with wouldn't that have taken much right harsh conditions horrible smells being surrounded by these horrible visuals and stuff yeah. You know, you could see the darkness that yeah. might have just there's taken there's a, over. there's a bunch of this stuff where she's trapped in the chair and she starts to look like she's losing it. I actually kind of I thought, do I remember this right? Or is she starting to send into some now she's part of the family kind of scenario? That's yeah. what I kind of thought they were heading toward because when she's getting like the close up of her eyeballs and, and yeah, and, oh right, right, and you're seeing the little veins in her eyes yeah. flicker and stuff, and everybody's Crazy. voices are getting all modulated and Which, weird. Which thought. wasn't the first time in the film that we see something like that. Yeah. So, uh, okay, so the director is really into weird uh, photography and creepiness. To uh, There's a trope here. Yeah. Oh, that's um, their trope? Hold on. I got one yeah. of them right here. <laughs> if you ever go to TV Tropes, look this up. It's called, The Hell Is That Noise? Mm. And <laughs> it starts at the very beginning of the film with uh, these close-up, fast flashbulb camera shots of oh, things. Oh, right, right. And that noise is outrageous. Like, yeah. if you had headphones on and mm. good sound, you know, like the volume turned up, I kind of, mm. I'm sad for you because it's crazy. That yeah, noise. because it, it's it's a simulation of how a flashbulb sounds because it's, it's that burning of that phosphorus, yeah. right, in, the, in yeah. the bulb like we used to have. But they use a violin, which is always well done in horror usually, and it's just, it's really effective. Yeah, I agree. Um, I hate... I hated that intro because it was that thing where where the screen is so black, yeah. you almost are wondering, oh shoot, is Amazon Prime not yeah. working? Yeah. Like, yeah. well, and it's they're also the the Question. film is also doing a number on you by black screen. It makes your pupils dilate. Yeah, right. and then mm-hmm. when it flashes right. at you, you get a sense that it's a lot brighter than it really is. Mm-hmm. Right. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> what a start. Yeah, my retinas still have a little nice little flash in the back of them. I think from. Uh, can you imagine seeing that in a the theater though? Because that's way more intense when you're at the theater than when you're oh, sitting yeah. in front of a little computer yeah, screen. Yeah, I wonder like what the sound systems in the 70s theaters were pretty terrible. I, and I and I'll bet that this is almost worse scary-wise in those conditions. Like part of part of our awesome sound technology these these days is great. It's surround, it's beautiful, it's super in, involving. You feel like you're there. But there's also an artificiality to that cuz you know you're not there and it's it's kind of dis, you know, you're kind of disconnected from it. This was just so raw and loud and like buzzy and 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 on the high on the high end there'd be some like you know some of the screams would kind of pop at the top and I'll bet that mm-hmm. was terrifying in some nasty ass like think of some 1974 movie theater in like Brooklyn New York 
just covered in like sticky shit on the floor. Oh my gosh. Just there was nothing play. better than the than the early seventies, mid seventies for me. Uh, would have been to go see a drive-in movie on that single speaker that goes in the in the window they used to have. Yeah, because that's what I, I remember. Like around seventy-seven or so, I remember going to the drive-in theater as a very young child, like five or so. Yeah, and that 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 experience was just insane. Yeah, no, so there, there's a lot of good examples of this trope but the one i like the most is aliens mm. the motion trackers they have motion trackers oh those are great and so the motion trackers have this rising tone of detection yeah. that mm-hmm. terrifies you oh, yeah. boop, but even boop, when they're not boop. detecting something they have this little this little soft sound yeah. and that's that's almost worse that's mm-hmm. yeah because you yeah. know it's mm-hmm. you know it's coming for, to something eventually yeah it's really effective maybe more yeah. than I'm trying to think of a modern I, I could, example of it. It's really good in Aliens. Right. Yeah. Another thing they did in this movie specifically, there was they they kept talking about the kids they had there that we never saw. That was the the kids in the bucket. The chick in the bucket for me was the kids they talked about having there, but you didn't actually see. Mm. Uh, and they they kept having this uh, certain areas of the house where they referenced the kids. Uh, there were like pig squealing noises. Yeah. And I, I couldn't quite understand what, what, what was going on, but I know that every time they went near that area, it just made me feel uncomfortable. I kept thinking, like, um, I kept thinking they were going to show something of that. I mean, maybe the disappearing window washer guy was like, he's, right. he's babysitting <laughs> the kids or something, but right, right. you know, saving that for the sequel. I haven't seen two, so I have no idea how this plays out. I know that a lot of the same actors are in this thing. So yeah, mm-hmm. two is supposed to be kind of a, it almost plays off like a parody. Of, of this film they kind of which you've seen from the cover with like yeah, this kind of like breakfast club, club. yeah yeah and it's almost like a parody of itself that seems and unfortunate so, why would you go that direction it seems weird to do that mm-hmm. you know i don't know maybe maybe tobe was just tired of it all yeah could have been tobe was like you know i'm out i don't want to do tube. this anymore tobe <laughs> yeah call tube. me the tobes tube. call me tobe um all right well i think clips are in order Sure. They're literally in order, by the way. They have this oh, order. Yeah. Disturb me greatly, Scott. Yeah, I'll, I have things to disturb you greatly. So will we hear screaming? Um, <laughs> I'm going to say screaming? I'm going to say there's high chance of screaming. <laughs> I wrote this do guy. We, what? Hello? What do you say? do? We get to do we get to guess if uh, if it's Jerry or a girl? That's what I want to know about screaming. <laughs> nice. You'll know the difference, I'll bet. But here's uh, here's I don't know what this is. Honey, that big heavy fellers are standing with that flashlight in his hand. That's a sheriff. Oh, that guy. I like that guy. He was just hey, some hey, random Jerry? random. Hey, boy, y'all looking for the sheriff? That guy's great. Yeah, I love a good Texas stereotype. Uh, here's yeah, um, it's the daylight and the the sheriff's over there with the flashlight. Good luck. Yeah, good luck to you. Uh, this guy sees things. Things happen here about they don't tell about. <laughs> I see things. <laughs> you see, they say it's, it's just an old man talking you laugh at an old man <laughs> there's them that laughs and knows better okay so i don't he was the sheriff and he's a chick in the bucket because we never no, saw him not, again no he's, he's just sheriff. a crazy guy laying down on the side of the road who is the right. sheriff at the graveyard at they, the cemetery yeah. but they really didn't show the sheriff they didn't did they no, I get it confused because the because the newer movies lee ermy is the sheriff right. and also part of the family 
Right. Um, mm-hmm. Now that Spoilers. that guy was 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 you know the the warning right. He was the guy who's telling you what's right. going to happen. He's going, hey, at the end of this movie, the guys who are laughing. Yeah, that's the that you're in trouble, buddy. Yeah, he's a trope too, isn't he? There's always that guy who's like, I wouldn't yeah. go in there if I were you kind of guy. And yeah. he represents a good twenty percent of all the dialogue in the film. And, <laughs> that was and, a long line, know, yeah. He does he does seem in retrospect, he seems kind of shoehorned in there. But at the time, you're you're thinking along his lines, like, Oh wow, this is this is a place where there's crazy people and he's giving us an ominous warning. We should eat it and this kind of thing. Yep. And also, I love the way it was shot yeah, looking yes. from the top of his head. Yes, up, right. yes. And he's like dangling this empty beer bottle the whole time. Yeah, I don't know. Good. I thought that was... There was effective. a couple of really unique angles that were shot. I mean, uh, it was really effective the worm's eye view later on when the uh, when when which which one is it? That's not it's the first girl that gets killed. Yeah. And she's going into well, actually she gets or... off the swing. Yeah, when she leaves the swing and walks into the into the house, which is an absolute butt shot, that becomes <laughs> right. so iconic, and is they it, reproduce that so many times in the in the sequels. Yeah. Was it a worse butt shot than when they're trying to get something out of the Coke machine at the gas station? No, the, the that, was a, that was a big Less, butt shot. More memorable, but about the same. <laughs> yeah. Those ladies are just like nice 60-year-old ladies now, by the way. Right. They're all dead. No, they're alive. Like I'm Google image searching how their butt held up, Scott. I'm no. celluloid lasts forever. <laughs> no, I just, I, mean just... The, I mean the actresses. Yeah, well, yeah, you're, yeah it's not, not that it matters. We all age, whatever. But they're, they, I saw them at a Comic-Con looking photo, and they're both just sitting there, and I'm like, those are not those girls. How is this possible? And part of that is, speaks to how the movie holds up, I think, because it feels yeah. like it wasn't made what 40 Age plus happens. years ago it's Age crazy happens. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um he see no here okay what is it? something smells well, the son of a bitch is gonna smell just like the slaughterhouse oh uh, he's foreshadowing slaughterhouse the sledgehammer is a nice bit of foreshadowing too like they like, hit you and then you just kind of the the yeah. cows just kind of wiggle around a little bit and then they hit him mm. again and then take him out yeah he was yeah. really into explaining pretty that. much how uh robert robert reed <laughs> Uh, got taken out. Yeah, and yeah, it's that's not, true. It's not the slaughterhouse that smells; it's the feedlot that smells. That kind of bugged me. Yep. The, <laughs> the slaughterhouse. My grandfather's slaughterhouse was right in town. Yep. <laughs> it was not that you know. Hey, the Bron- feedlot. Uh, you give to keep the feedlot as far out of town as possible, and mm-hmm. hopefully upwind. Yeah. I mean downwind. Same sorry, with downwind. same with those uh, the the paper factories out there. They're the worst, man. Oh, that's the worst. Stinks yeah. so bad. Uh, uh, remember that guy at that restaurant at uh, downtown Disney last time we were out there that took a picture of us? Uh, yeah, I, I, think, yes. I think I found him. Here he is uh, after the fact. Here you go. Hey, you can pay me now. Huh? $2. It's a good picture. That's uh, totally reminded me of that guy. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. I have that picture right next to me right here. <laughs> oh, oh, good. It's too funny how that was. Anyway, someone tried to do it the next day to us too, and I was like, uh, yeah. been through this, done that. Yeah. We know what's up. It's like Tijuana over there. Anyway, here's uh, <laughs> somebody gets his arm cut. <laughs> oh my! All right, calm down there, buddy. That yeah. says poor old Franklin boy. He's a uh, he's a character. Yeah, I bring it up every time we see it on film sack, and we see it so much. Don't cut the palm. Don't you yeah. don't have to cut the right. palm. Yeah, right. cut somewhere else. <laughs> I don't understand palm cutting. It's dumb. Every movie does it. Mm-hmm. It's to make yeah. a squirm. Mm-hmm. I get that, but I'm with you. Bad place to to cut. Uh, by the way, you'll notice a lot of the the, the clips I have are from early in the film because that's when people talk. There's not a lot of talking. <laughs> right. 
Um, also, that guy did die. That actor played Franklin, died in yeah, 2005, he, died he, in Houston somewhere. Or no, he was Austin. only 50-something. He was pretty young. Yeah. Well, he's a big fella. Who knows where that all yeah, It's all those baby roots. Could have been. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's going to melt real quick in your yeah. pocket. Mm-hmm. Or those freaking... It's, it's hot out here. I think I'll stick this baby root in my shirt pocket. Yeah. Good plan. <laughs> the sausage casing thing she was eating, those, those, will, those will add <laughs> up. Was, was that the thing that grossed you out? Because this was a tough movie for grossed out. No, for me it was the rag Brian brought up. The uh, the rag in the mouth. The, who knows where yeah. that rag has been? Oh my rag gosh, rag rag mouth. If That's I can't smell, name. if I can't, if the rag doesn't smell like fresh, clean laundry, f off, whoever you are putting a rag in my mouth. Blah. Even even then, gross. Yeah, yeah to, exactly. Yeah, and to go back to the notes about the making of the film, there were some things like they were shooting long days. They didn't want to take a chance that wardrobe would change look through washing yeah so mm-hmm. like a lot of the dirtiness of the wardrobe you see in the later parts of the film are real like that's their you know Leatherface was wearing that freaking face all day every day for weeks uh, yeah. without <laughs> washing like a, it like a bad shoe they were supposed to you form, Scott, film in two weeks they, it took him like four or something it's crazy yeah you gotta you gotta ask your sister uh if she's ever seen this because remember one of the thing that that freaks her out the most is somebody chewing on terry cloth so that scene with the washcloth in her mouth must must absolutely drive her up the wall i forgot about that i should send it to her do a gif and send it to her and just make her watch it on repeat (laughs) why not uh some uh, blood van i don't know what this is hey that that guy smeared blood all over the van oh that yeah she went in case you didn't notice this symbol that he drew on the side of the van i will now point it out and say hey guys i think somebody needs to tell you you clearly don't care about the cleanliness of that van. No, let's it's let's not start odd. pretending we care now. Yeah, that's why it's, it did take her like two minutes to identify right. that yeah. that stain was new. Like, oh wait, that's the blood from the guy. <laughs> you know what's weird for me on a lot of these movies that have iconic vehicles and this, you know, Econoline Ford van from the early seventies is is very recognizable. And so if you go to the Internet Car Movie Database. Uh, they list this as a van from between 71 to 74, but this film was made in 73, and I'm like, that van is all beat up and it's rusty, and I just can't quite... How old would you say that van was in the it's movie? Well, keep in mind, it, it might be a rental, but also keep in mind, it's possible it's somebody's, I'm not sure it was a rental, but keep in mind that those cars back then were terrible. Like rusted, they just, rusted quickly? They rusted quickly. Their paint and finish jobs were bad. The engines were bad. Like American cars were poop stains in the 70s. They were all mm. kind of garbage poop. My dad had that van, that very van, except his had a red door because the other door fell off. So he had to go find a secondhand door and found one and put it on it. He used to hunt in it. Has no seats in the back. It's just a big place to throw your that dead deer. Was, that was something else that bothered me because, you know, it, Someone with a wheelchair didn't have as many options back in the early 70s, and a, a, a van like that might be an option. And so they had all the the other seats gone, so everybody else was just sitting, sitting back <laughs> right. there in a big old cargo van, just sitting on the metal floor, sliding yeah. around. Yeah. 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 Oh, By the way, that the was day. the other thing that I could that I thought was gross. Is I'm almost sure Franklin when he got pushed down the hill because he was peeing in a can. Oh, can. I was sure yeah, he was right. getting pee all over everything. I was sure. Oh, of, of course. It. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then he was in the van again for another 10 hours in the hot, blistering heat. <laughs> I'm hot. Yeah. I'm hot, y'all. Let me out. I'm going to need to air out my urine shirt that I'm now wearing. Blah. <laughs> Grosses me out. All right. Um, what's this? Uh, both a bad sound. Oh, 
So this is a bad sound for spiders, like it's a terrible sound effect, but it also grosses me out. So here it is. Oh yeah. I mean, it's literally yeah. somebody's fingernails on a, you know. Right. Yeah, was, but it's still that was just a gross nest of spiders. Yeah. I couldn't yeah, but then just daddy long legs though, like the most harmless of yeah, all the spiders. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you can tell me as many times you want to how many how, how harmless they are, but if one touches my skin, I'm free. Especially that many of them. Ugh. Yeah. I don't care yeah, if they're the nicest see, spider right. ever. Did I don't care if they're see... kissing me when they get and find me. But did did any of you see Ryan Morrison's tweet this week? No, who's that? No, uh, you know, uh, video game lawyer. Oh, that Ryan guy. Morrison. Oh, yeah, okay. what's his okay. name? He comes home and uh, there's like an explosion of baby spiders on a chair on his balcony. Ooh. Uh-huh. And he he took some video of it and tweeted it and was just like, "Guess I have to burn the whole place down." Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. I can't stand big spider cluster things. I don't care yeah, if the yeah, nicest yeah. spiders; they could all be Charlotte's Web for all I care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> hey it's man, terrifying. even Char- you ever watch Charlotte's Web? That's uh, that, uh, she's not so nice. Yeah, she but- she she's friendly to. Uh, yeah, she's not so nice. I just remember Charles Nelson Riley was the rat. That's all I remember. Oh, I forgot about that. Templeton. Yeah. Oh, Templeton. <laughs> it was totally Charles Nelson Riley, or as I knew him when I was a kid, the Center Square. That's all I no, really knew. Him no, as. no, no, no. Charles Nelson. You're thinking of uh, Charles Nelson Riley was top right on Match Game. You're thinking of Paul Lind, who <laughs> oh. was Templeton. Oh, he was Templeton. <laughs> you're right. I've temp- temp- I've taken Paul Lind and Ashton up with him. Again. Never question Ibbit <laughs> when it comes to seventies so game shows. Yeah, no, <laughs> exactly. I, I know you're. You have prowess in that area. I always, I'll always def- a, defer to you. That should be next time I'm on Kirk Geek. That better be my category. Seventies game shows. <laughs> and there's a big difference between Match Game and Hollywood Squares. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but there's a big difference. <laughs> just three more, just three more celebrities. That's yeah, really pretty all. much. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. The addition of Wayland Flowers and Madam. Oh my gosh. I, I, the thing I know for sure about both is that the celebrities are drinking. Yeah. A lot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Way more on Match Game apparently. I've uh, never a thing on that. Really? They, they, they actually had the glasses on the, the, the thing and you'd see, you know, you'd see Richard Dawson yeah. chugging away on something uh, yeah. when he didn't think the camera was on him. And it's like <laughs> some sort of some sort of brown mixed uh, cocktail. Dude, that hey, guy had 70, that guy was always chugging. He was always well, chugging on something if he didn't think someone was watching. That was his whole thing. <laughs> so then you get to the end and it's like blank feathers and. All you need is for the celebrity to say horse because you know the person right. playing the game is going to say horse, but no, he's too drunk. Yep. And he comes up with bird. Bird feathers. Asshole. Oh, you jerk. You lost it for this commoner <laughs> that's down there and not a celebrity who isn't drinking. Um, all right. Here's a, a laugh and a fart sound. So here you go. There you go. <laughs> now you think that'd be enough. You'd be like, "Oh, okay, I see. He's he's mad and he's you know taking it out on his sister. He can't go up the stairs because he's in a wheelchair and all that." Right. But then he does this. <laughs> I hate it. You edited you know that what? to have nope. multiple. No, no, no. no. That was it. You know what the worst part of that is. Go ahead. That, that he was doing that upward. Okay, so yeah, every upward. bit of that was oh, coming back down right, to his back face. On his face. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's one thing to do it outwardly, but upward, ah, yeah, it's like pissing in the yeah. wind. It is like, like pissing in the wind. It's after, like peeing uh, in a cup and getting pushed over. After this movie, they started. They started installing wheelchair ramps at all haunted houses as part <laughs> yeah. of the Franklin Act of 1975. <laughs> 
true oh good finally it took yes it took, finally, a, it took yeah. that brave man being the first to to wheel his way up that that uh, hill. Yeah, thanks for doing that for us. You've re- you've changed <laughs> the generation. Exactly. Spit out his sausage. Ooh, don't toss your sausage. All right, here's That's, a ooh. thing. Here's a thing. Never mind. Oh, that was just him saying never mind. That's all that was. Uh, I didn't like this sound. We still don't really know what those were. <laughs> it sounds like it's a really fart. It sounds like a little squeezy fart. <laughs> and there were so... <laughs> There were so many recordings of chickens. I I got a little tired. Like, did the director just sit outside a, a barnyard and record chickens yeah. for days? Chickens, flies, and sheep sounds are like yeah. Mm-hmm. They were all. Is really that. a chicken? I've never heard a chicken yeah. make a sound like that. Wow. Absolutely. Wait. Me... No, that's somebody sneaking a fart. That's <laughs> not a chicken. Yeah. I'm telling you, leather fart. It's chicken fart. Leather fart. <laughs> yeah, leather fart. Um, here's, let's, I don't know what this is. Sally, they took the keys. We don't have any keys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sally. That's my favorite. They done took the keys and apparently your bra. Where the hell are the keys in your bra? <laughs> I, I love how they, they make it out like this part of the world is just desolate. There aren't people ever anywhere. Yeah. I mean, there's at least like a, <laughs> there's a, uh, what's it? The, I can't think of his name. David, there's got to be a David Koresh within a couple miles, right? There's got to be something right. out there. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Uh, here's Leatherface making sounds. <laughs> All right. So there's that. And then here's a gross. I put, I called this gross. Oh, he's getting his fingers. Oh, his fingers. Yeah, the Grandpa old, Slurpee. Yeah, Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> so that Grandpa thing was freaky because that was one of those times where she she came into the uh, we go, we see upstairs and we see in that room and there's two dead bodies we think but later on come to find out grandpa's up there yep. and he's alive yep. mm-hmm. and he can barely move but he can suck he can suck the blood off fingers yeah. i'm still just, not convinced he was alive because uh, then how were they sucking i what thought was... it, it seemed to me like in a lot of times the people around him were making a corpse animate do you think they were weekend at Bernie's, uh, Bernie'sing <laughs> the just, uh, grandpa? If you like, anytime you see grandpa doing something with like agency, there's someone's hand on his head and hand on his jaw right. and this kind of thing. Mm. Oh no, I think grandpa was was hanging in there barely, but he was hanging in there. Yeah, yeah he was he was able to he was basically mimicking baby movements because that's what they were saying. It's like here, suck this. He could do that, but he couldn't pick up his hands. He didn't have any motor skills or something. Right, it's freaking that's freaking gross. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. sick. Yeah. It was absolutely disgusting. And the way he would move his arms, they were trying to mimic. Yeah, it was trying to look like a baby. It was you know kind of like mm-hmm. he was like his arms would flail to the side, like a baby's like can't really control himself. He's so excited about the milk he's getting. Ah, it's freaking foul, dude. <laughs> All right, yeah, so he's flailing his arms. Yeah, it's like, really oh, gross. Oh, 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 oh good. Oh, yeah, good. it's like oh, this is the best thing ever. Give me more. Give me more. <laughs> All right, then I wrote. So this final clip, I just wrote. Not sure about this. So let's see what I meant. I don't remember. It was late last night. Here you go. Oh, her laughy, cryy thing in the right. ba- in the yeah, back of the truck. Yeah, I was wondering about that. If she she's, was if she was part laughing as she was getting away. Yeah, she's in sheer terror. Like she's she's so terrorized that she's no longer in control of anything. Mm. And yeah. that, the definition I, of hysterical. Yeah. yeah, I felt like it came through. Yeah, I think like, so. I mean, I don't know. There, there's something about her flinging away, hurling away in that guy's poor <laughs> pickup. <laughs> Who now? That was a new guy, right? That yeah, wasn't right. That wasn't the truck driver guy. What happened to truck driver guy? 
He just runs down the street. Oh, mm-hmm. he's a yeah. Chick. He goes off in the opposite direction. You never see him again. He, he went straight to his is. went straight yeah. to his. He's just like, I don't even need a job <laughs> yeah. or a truck. Yeah. I'm like, gonna go hang out with that guy who washed my windows. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go look for a bucket. I need to be in it. We'll see you guys later. <laughs> well, anyway, there's your uh, there's your clips, everybody. Hope you enjoyed those. Now there's time for this. The film sack checklist. The '70s had a no bra rule. Check. That was a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, flash, baby. Flashlight fight, check. And finally, broom fight, check. That happened. <laughs> uh, John, there was so many yeah. times this movie, I was trying not to laugh because I shouldn't be laughing, but... Yeah, I wasn't supposed to laugh when he fell down the hill in his wheelchair, but I did. <laughs> right. I wasn't supposed to laugh when he was beating her with the broom, but oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, and that whole thing with him falling down, by the way, was caused by a truck going by. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you've ever been on the side of a interstate, I mean, there there wind. is some there's some wind and some dirt sometimes. Yeah, but, but man, it wouldn't shove you off. I don't know if it's off. enough to blow a guy down a hill. Yeah, <laughs> I don't buy it. I think we that, need that on MythBusters, right? Is yeah, that still a thing? That was malarkey. No, that show's over. Actually, aren't they doing some kind of reboot <laughs> with some new people well, or something? Yeah, movie. there you go. Well, tested. He was doing that before though, but it's like some yeah. some actual show where oh, really? like people are trying return out. To Mythbusters? yeah but oh. it's not none of the real the regular people it's yeah, like it's just it's just a myth no. new generation or some bullshit yeah, that'd be great <laughs> I, I i stopped watching when it stopped being just the two original Mythbusters. that's what a crotchety old man i am oh that was like, a while wow. ago yeah jeez I don't, I, don't I don't like these don't you kids <laughs> yeah don't you try to make me like Mythbusters in specific yeah well, I see what you're saying. I, just, I see what you're just, saying. I, I don't know why. I, I was offended for some reason. This was a while ago, like a decade ago. Yeah. I was I was offended that they that they tried to expand on these two guys that I was I liked. Yeah. You know? Well, they didn't get along apparently at all. So they had to fill out that show with people who actually liked each other, I think, a little bit. <laughs> they need uh, they needed more time. Like uh you know, that's, more that's time. a lot of filming. We need we need somebody to help. Yeah. Meanwhile, the build team is trying to figure out how <laughs> freaking what's his name, the Asian guy, got better teeth next week. We don't know. All right. Anyway, uh, hey, John Larroquette, your only Star Trek connection, by the way, played a Klingon in uh, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, uh, which we did for Nerdtacular a few years ago. And uh, Daryl says at the end of this, and suddenly I want milk duds because I don't like whoppers. What's he doing? What's it? What's I don't know. Okay, I saw that too, and I had no idea what he meant in his email. Oh, about. is he is he talking about what? I don't know like what he whopper? means. I don't know what he means. Oh, you know what it is? I think he has nope, said uh, before. He'll have to confirm this, but I think he said once he thought the Klingons in the movies all looked mm-hmm. like milk duds. I can see that, like oh, okay. s- sweaty little okay. candy guys with rumply <laughs> heads. And if that's the truth, then Daryl confirm. If not, we don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, John Larroquette, the narrator for a hot 30 seconds at the top of the movie, is our Star Trek connection. Nobody else had any damn thing to do with Star Trek. Uh, soundtrack grade. I'd give it a DAH for discordant as hell, and I really found it effective. Uh, gave me the willies. And uh, I think it worked fine. In fact, I prefer it over most 70s treatments of music. So. It's a big part of what we like about the movie. Of uh, You know, like... If you go back and put an orchestral score on this, I'm sure it diminishes from the creepiness. Oh, yeah. Oh, it wouldn't work. I mean, that's probably the problem with the newer ones is they score those. I, I don't know. This thing's such a flash in the pan. Like, it just worked, and and, and it's all so much of it is by accident. 
you know, like him him striving for a PG rating and then trying mm-hmm. to give him an X rating despite that. I mean, it must have been just chaos. Right. Yeah. And 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 the fact that they ended up what they ended up with it just feels like an accident and it worked. And sometimes those are the best accidents. So there's that. Sure. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that it's time for the uh, the Twitter post in 140 characters at least for now. Or less. Soon it'll be 280, but we'll get there. Uh, let's start with Randy. Sum it up. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1974. Hands down, the best metaphor for the Trump administration that we've ever seen. Oh. Don't drop the hammer, Grandpa McCain. <laughs> <laughs> also, why'd they have to have a bucket? Dude, they, that house was in such a disarray that why? Who cares? Right. Just you don't want to get any of that on the floor. Yeah, I'd hate for that. I've got a lady's face smeared over our lamp on top of the table. Oh, but let's not yeah. get any blood on the floor. Heaven forbid. Anyway. So, yeah. uh, okay. So the old guy from the barbecue joint is uh, is Steve Bannon. Okay. And all right. Leatherface is Trump. Okay. And. Yeah. Uh, the young guy is Paul Ryan. I don't know. I, I Send up. your emails <laughs> to Randy Deluxe at, at gmail dot com. Uh, or, yeah. Here, who's next? Brian Dunaway. Go ahead. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Come on, Brian. It's going to be a fun movie. <laughs> <laughs> a good one. I like it. Also, what? How many characters does that take up? I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bees in there. It's got to go back to Bill the Cat from Bloom County, and that's how you spell it. Nailed it. That's it. It's not like Snicked or whatever it is for Wolverine. Just Snicked. Is it Snicked? What do I say? Snicked. S N I K T. Snicked. K T. It'd be great if every time his claws came out, he said Snicked. I think that'd be funny. Yeah. Finally, Brian Ibbett. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. If you fall down a hill while you're peeing in a coffee can, it's got to be chock full of nuts. <laughs> Good one. I like it. Love it. Um, all right. Well, because you've done that, now I have to do this. It's the alternate titles. These were just handed to me. It was almost called Can't Read My, Can't Read My, No, He Can't Read My Leather Face. <laughs> Good one. It's like Poker Face, see, but with the yeah, lyrics yeah, there. Yeah. No, no, continue. Yeah. Explain more. Uh, or <laughs> Plexus Plane Cross Smash Acre. I just did that for fun because it was fun to play word games there with it. Uh, oh. It means nothing. Uh, we got an email we, from, uh, yes, Randy, what? I just wanted to say Katie's scary. Go oh, ahead. There you go. Well done. Uh, Brad Hatch wrote in from Salt Lady Lake Gaga. City, Utah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered if, if you were going to call him out on who the artist was. Of course I am. Are you kidding me? That's really funny. Um, I was sure it was coming. I just didn't know when it was going to come. All right. Anyway, Brad Hatch from Salt Lake City, Utah. No relation to Senator Hatch, who's retiring this year. And we might get Mitt Romney. Anyway, says, hey, guys, first of all, I'm big fans of yours. I will keep it short and sweet, I promise. I have a request that certainly is one of my favorites growing up. But I remember uh, the er, and I remember the countless rewinds on VHS with my cousins during the holidays. The swashbuckling classic Disney comedy drama rather the three musketeers 1993 live action romance ripe for sacking not to mention the ultimate dream team team cast at the time now if i remember that was dicaprio jeremy irons and bat and robin and robin (laughs) shit i don't or no i'm thinking of the man with the right no this is charlie sheen Kiefer sutherland chris o'donnell oh so yeah you got got the robin i'm thinking of that other one oliver i'm sorry oliver platt oh Um, right 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 yeah, Chris O'Donnell was uh, 
Dar Dar Dardigan Dardigan and then Cardigan Cardigan sweater. You got it. Cardigan. Arthos Athos Porthos. Yeah, it was totally. So I'm yeah. thinking of that other thing, the man with the, with the wooden face, or what's it called? The uh, man in the Iron Mask. That's the one. The man with the wooden face. <laughs> I want to see that. That was Mask. <laughs> uh, Start uh, Jim Carrey. Yeah, Jim Carrey and uh, Rocky Dennis. Anyway, the point is, Three Musketeers, 1993. Uh, he thinks, and not to mention, it is the ultimate dreamcast of the time. Thanks again for the laughs. I appreciate everything that you guys do, and you're keeping me not bored at my desk job. All for one and more for me, Brad Hatch, Aww. Salt Lake City, Utah. <laughs> Three Musketeers. I've never seen it. Maybe we could add that. You've never seen it? I love it. I've never it. seen it either. Yeah. Mm. Big, big hype during 93 for this film. Uh, I remember it quite well. That was a big I've year. I've seen it a few times. Yeah. It yeah. So it not... Not streaming. There's so many versions. Yeah, it's not not available. It's rentable, but not uh, streamable anywhere. For the record, we have expanded as this movie... Uh, yeah. as Texas Chainsaw can test. We've expanded our our uh, choices to uh, Amazon Prime, given that it's uh, likely the second most used service. Maybe even according more to so. a straw poll conducted by Brian Ibbett. Yep, That's well right. done. No, Official. No bias there at all. Uh, but scientifically accurate. Yep, 100. <laughs> percent So we we chose. Wait, wait, wait. How is it biased? I no, it's said, not biased. We're kidding. Assuming We're you have Netflix, what other one do you have? And I said Hulu. Yeah, uh, Amazon. It's not like you work. Netflix. It's not like you work for one of them or something. Yeah, we. No, not at all. But I am glad. I'm glad they chose what they chose because Netflix is just getting so. Yeah, I love Netflix. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but. Uh, so much more of a focus on original content on Netflix, and um, yep. that doesn't and also, the film sack. Yeah, they're also not licensing movies for long enough uh, for our right. tastes. Like right. Right. this, this little process we go through needs to be really long. Yeah, and mm -hmm. it's just it's kind of nice because the way Amazon Amazon would be no good on its own either because it turns out right. they are sorely they hurt on depth as well, or they yeah. or maybe more so, but they can kind of fill things out. When when Netflix is a little more original and we need a place to find some horror movie or whatever, and I'd be willing to bet that the third most popular uh, additional service that people have isn't Hulu but HBO Go. Yeah. I would bet that it goes uh, yeah. uh, Netflix, Amazon, HBO Go is is the order. U.S. wise, yes. I don't know what it's like oh, internationally. Yeah, I have point. no idea. So mm -hmm. some of you guys will have to write in and tell us if that's messing you guys up out there or not. But we're just expanding a little bit, give a little bit more reach. Um, we would have been forced to watch the terrible other <laughs> chainsaw thing. We we would have been forced to make you watch the yeah. terrible Hellions. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah, Hellions. I forgot we were going to do Hellions. Yeah, we didn't yeah, do Hellions. I watched the trailer for that. I and mean, you know what? And, and maybe it's good. I don't know if one of the four of us saw it, and that's why they um, put it on there. But uh, I never saw yeah, it. Yeah, watching the trailer, it just looked like, oh, this maybe not, maybe not what we're hoping for. Yeah. But this one, what we did, is very Halloween. We hope you guys enjoyed it. I know that I did. If you'd like to send your own emails in, you can be like Brad and send them to filmsack at gmail.com. That's filmsack be at like gmail.com. Now, next week, we are not here. Uh, we're all going to be at BlizzCon, or at Except. least three of us. <laughs> three of us are. You'll be there in spirit. But thank you for, but thank you for calling me, everybody. <laughs> uh, so we're not going to be around, but as a result, uh, we'll have an off week. But after that, our next movie is... I don't License know. to drive. There we go. Great. Oh wow! Timely. The one I always think we've done, but we haven't done. Right. We did Dream a Little Dream, which is license pre-driving. Why is it timely? <laughs> oh, because he's uh, in the news again with all of his yeah, stuff. He is, yeah, yeah, with yeah. his uh, Indiegogo. Right. Yeah. He's making a doc. The whole reason is to get a documentary made, right? Isn't that the deal? He wants oh, to is make it? A okay. I think that's hmm. that's the thing they forgot to mention in that original article that we read is that it's not just to cover his butt for 
lawsuits and libel and all that, but he wants to make a movie that is the outing of all these people in Hollywood that are pedophiles or whatever. So gotcha. Anyway, okay. so we'll try. We'll we'll have that in mind as we watch the Corys frolic around in their '80s hit "License to Drive." Yes, <laughs> we're going to get away from the scary movies for a while. Thank you. Yeah, it's Halloween and it's over. So it's almost time for Hallmark Channel movies. That's right. Welcome Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, We've missed you. For those of you listening who are attending BlizzCon, make sure you come say hi to uh, the three of us. We'll be around here and there, hopefully Mm -hmm. together at some point where we're all together. And, um, you know, we're there to see people and talk to people. Scott Scott is putting on an actual stage show in BlizzCon. Oh, I don't know if I call it a stage show, but yes. No, you're going to be on a stage. (laughs) It's going to be on the virtual ticket. It's very exciting. All right. Uh, I'm actually, I'm actually asking Brian Ibbett try to try to come uh, to the community area af- right after that, so uh, we can uh, all three of us be together yeah, there. Let's get oh, some sure. pictures. I'll be super relieved at that point. Like it'll be great. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. You'll get pictures of Scott smiling after that, whereas the pictures <laughs> before that, he'll be clenching his teeth like he's trying to hold in a fart. Yeah. So anyway, and and because much of what we'll be doing on that stage will be related to what gets announced the day before. Uh, you know, the, all the only hints we have for people about what to be excited for is that we'll be on stage and that we're going to be talking about rad stuff, and that's it. That's all you get until until Saturday. <laughs> until Saturday, yeah. So come and check it out if you're there. If you're a fan and you're in the audience, we expect you or in that um, you know, going to BlizzCon, we expect you in that audience. It's required. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. You, you bastards, you have to be there. <laughs> That's um, right. Just kidding. I just don't want it to be empty. It's like a weird fear it's of mine. Yeah. It won't be. It totally it's won't be. be. Yeah. Uh, I'll so, be up there and I take up two seats. That's true. You do. <laughs> but only because you fart and mark your care territory and then nobody else can I just can go back there. and forth. Yeah, yeah. When, when the seat number one dries up, I move back to it. Yeah. And then yep. uh, <laughs> let seat two dry. Exactly. People, this is what they say when they see you coming, by the way. They say this. They say, hold on. They, oh, they say this. Well, the son of a bitch is going to smell just like the slaughterhouse. That happens every time. <laughs> I knew I had something handy. Just had to play it. All right. That's going to do it for us. Filmsack at gmail.com is our email address. Filmsack.com is our website. You might be familiar with how those work. You can visit it and find all our links and stuff there. And as always, you can find us on Twitter at Filmsack. Leave us reviews wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> Your brother into the door. <laughs>